Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast and Radio Show. Coming to you on this Sunday, February the 5th, 2023. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, we have Igor and Irina Ilinsky. Perfect. That's it. Um, Before I harass these guys real quick, just some housekeeping things. One reminder, the Jeremy Scott Fitness app is live. You guys can check the link in the show notes. If you want to try it for a week for free, see if it's for you, I'm happy to do that. If you guys get in there and you think it sucks, I'm happy to point you in another direction if something else better fits you. But you can try it for a week for free, get access to all our stuff, all my personal workouts, all of our programs. We are dropping a bodybuilding's basic in there on February the 13th for you guys. So if you want to get into the world of just straight jack and steel that would be an awesome place for you to jump in but if something else fits you guys whether you want to train at home beginner intermediate advanced we have you covered jeremyscafitness.app you guys can check it out today in the notes and you guys already know this episode is brought to you by my homies at athletic greens the one thing i take every single day and i never miss if you struggle to eat enough fruits and vegetables, and let's be real, almost all of you guys do, I'm guilty of that myself, this would be the one thing I would throw into your life. So if you're tired of taking 14 different shitty pills that really don't do the job, this would be the thing I would add. If you guys have heard me talk about this 500 times, or maybe this is the first episode and you want to try a pack for free, shoot us a message on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, it can be email, it doesn't matter. We will mail a pack right to your front door. I do not care what state country providence you live in if you have a mailing address we'll get you a sample for free you can try it and if you guys like it we'll hook you up with a year supply of free vitamin d and five free travel packs with order one is anybody else doing that no but we're crazy here and we give a shit about you so we are trying to get you a little bit healthier but if you guys want to pick it up today athleticgreens.com slash jeremy scott link is in the show notes and we're good to go Mm -hmm. awesome so Igor and Irina, welcome you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks We're for excited to us. be here. Yeah, you guys are. This will be a little different, so this is uh, this will be fun. Um, if you guys want to go, who are you? If you want to go, who are you? What do you do? If you want to go back, origin story. You can kind of play off each other, and we'll uh, we'll figure it out from there. Who are we? You go first. <laughs> Um, originally we're Soviet refugees. We came to the States in the seventies. Um, we were brought here on political asylum. So I moved to Chicago and Igor moved to New York and we ended up meeting in our mid twenties in the middle of the ocean on a vacation. That's right. And, um, (laughs) yeah, so we have very similar origin stories. We both come from the former Soviet union, but, uh, we did that separately. You came from Ukraine Mm -hmm. and I'm from Belarus. So yep. how crazy is that you guys just did you you just met randomly somewhere? randomly yeah. on a cruise on a cr- well it was a, it was a royal caribbean cruise line <laughs> as the joke goes um <laughs> it sounds like a joke an italian a greek and, and a russian a walk in a bar Russian walk in a bar the greek hit on me but then the russian mm-hmm. found out that i'm russian and Called yeah <laughs> yeah and basically um yeah it was it, it was this week-long sort of right um, after 9-11 yeah, right after 9-11, I had to get out of New York and, and with some buddies of mine. Irina was with some with her family, but her uh, her dad ended up kind of um, getting sick, so he spent a lot of time in the infirmary. And um, we had a friend who was a fourth that was not able to come as well because he stayed home uh, due to illness, and so she became our fourth. And so we... Igor is a very organized individual, and he had all these... Th- planned activities from biking in St. Thomas for four people. Um, they needed a fourth. I became their fourth, and this is 21 years later. 
No yep. shit. Yep. <laughs> We're still together. Yep. Two kids, couple dogs, couple mortgages. Yep. Several businesses. And what um, do you guys remember? Any of this stuff, like from when you came over, like you had to have been young, right? Very young. I Very young. I turned. We were both three. three. Yeah. We were both three, so we don't. But we watched our parents struggle. Immigrants, you know. We were raised. He was raised by his grandma. I was raised by my grandma. Yeah. Both didn't speak a word of English, so we both speak Russian. Oh no shit. Yeah. And like when your parents, like when they came over here, it was just like, hey. We were refugees. We came with nothing. It was. How crazy we is were, that, though? We, it took us seven years to get here for my family with, you know, we came here legally with a long wait, and finally we were allowed to leave, um, and we did, and we were brought here. And, like, you end up in Chicago. I ended mm. up in Chicago. And how do you get there from just all the places? Just It was, somebody had to call us out. We were all living in Italy at this, for about three months when refugees, when we left um, Russia, when we were allowed to leave. Uh, for three months, there's a place called Ostia in outside of Rome, small little town. I've been to Rome, where, yeah. And it's all the Russians, the Russian Jews ended up heading over there and staying there for three months as refugees, all living very close quarters, small little town with no um, citizenship to anywhere. And we were all waiting for a place to go. So when we find people, so my grandfather had a friend that was in America so they had to be requested and they had to ask for us to be able to be released to go there. So some people went to Israel, some to Australia, some to um, other places. Canada. We got to go Canada a lot. So his family ended up being brought to New York and mine was allowed to come to Chicago. No shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What a crazy thing. So your life, your, the trajectory of your life could be anything. Yeah. Anything. And like for you, same thing as a kid, like you grew up and it's... Yeah, same exact thing. I mean, it was, um, we ended up in New York and we just didn't really know, um, you know, what to expect. We didn't have much money, so we were obviously dependent on the government initially. Um, You guys are in the city? Yeah, we were in Brooklyn, actually. That's where I grew up. A couple of different neighborhoods. First, it was Borough Park, Brooklyn. Then it was Coney Island. Um, But yeah, we, we spent our our days just trying to assimilate and figure out how to make the most of our new American lives. And so parents went straight to work. Yeah. One thing that both of our parents did, my mom and her dad, um, separately, you know, she did it. They did it in Chicago. We did it in New York, but, um, they went to do programming to learn programming in, in schools. Um, you don't need the language, English language at that time, but you get a good job. And this is like what the, 80s? This is 1979 was when we came here. 19 early 80s was when we started to assimilate into the culture. Yeah. I mean, people come here. My mom was an electrical engineer, and then she came here and became a bookkeeper because numbers are a lot easier to work with in language and stuff. So how trippy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then especially the computer stuff, if it's that early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the, Main it was mainframe programming, programming yeah. right? So it was COBOL. And um, when you're doing, you know, programming in COBOL, you just need to know the language COBOL. You don't necessarily need to know English. So it was... But they were going to college late at night. Yeah. So all of our parents... Learning how to speak English and all ...would that. work during the day. You know, my mom worked at a clothing store. She would, she was like a salesperson, you know, at a clothing, children's clothing store, actually. And um, in the evenings, they would go to school yep. and they would they learn They went to college. They got their, well, they got their English degree. My dad was a programmer in Russia already. Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't come here, but he came here with that knowledge. Hmm. And so you have brothers and sisters or no? I do. I have a sister that lives in Chicago still. Yes. 
an I mean, older sister. What a grind, though. Like for your like, would you ever talk to them about it? Like, hey, what a what a grind it was for you guys. Yeah, I mean, people they came here just so we can have a better life. They were Jewish in a place where you weren't allowed to be Jewish. You weren't allowed to be yourself. So um, yeah, they brought us here for a better life and definitely gave us education was number one for them. We had to education, education, constantly get you know get good grades, get a good career. But was what was interesting is that, you know, we look at what they did as quite adventurous and they would consider themselves probably less adventurous than, you know, I mean, none of them really went out and started enterprises, businesses. There were certainly people from the community that did do that kind of thing. But our parents always, I think, played it fairly safe, whereas we look at it as like, wow, they just picked up and left and, you know, didn't look back. And so that's that's pretty enterprising. So I think that um, we got that from them, but took it another step further in that we said, well, we don't want to work for someone else. We want to create things. We want to make the world better. So, well, how crazy it is like you just leave. Hey, I'm from America and drop me off in like. You know, yeah. Spain. I shit my pants. I'm like, what, dude? I'm out on vacation. Everybody speaks like, English yeah. there, though, now. Well, I know. It's like, <laughs> I remember because, like, I was sick over there and, like, went to the pharmacia or whatever to go in. I'm like, oh, this is like stealing, dude. And this isn't even fair. But yeah. I'm like, to go somewhere where nobody understands you would be, seems to me like an impossible thing to well, do. Well, the but amazing also freedom thing. is a huge thing. America yeah. had freedom. They were living in a socialist country. And what they had was community, which in some ways is good and some ways limiting. So the community allowed for our grandparents, for example, to never have to learn English. Um, you know, many of them of that generation would just come here and they would have each other to talk to. Um, but in oh, other so they ways, live in like your li- just a little community, but not mm-hmm. in. That would be the way it was in New York, not in Chicago. <coughs> there were plenty of Russian communities. My grand, my one of my grandmothers went straight to work, learned English right away. Like, how long does it take to learn? She was English? a Holocaust survivor. She was at Minsk ghetto. She came to America, was excited for the opportunity, and went straight to work and started learning English. Like, how hard would that be? Like, you're 60, and now you're going to learn a different language? Exactly. It's got to be hard as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeez, dude. So, yeah, we're products of watching those kind of people work their butts off so that we can have a better future. And for you guys, like, now you're older, like, obviously growing up broke, essentially. Like, is it like a superpower? I mean, really, when you think about it, or it's just like, yeah, it's just what happened? We're just re- we appreciate everything that we have, everything we've done, we've built ourselves. No, it is to some degree a superpower because even with our kids, you know, we think like, oh, we want to give them every opportunity that they, that we can, that, that that's available to them. But at the same time, we look at it like, well, we didn't really have these opportunities and did they make us more want to work harder or did they make us appreciate things more so it's it's hard you know it's hard to figure it out but i do think that to a large degree where we are today and what we're focusing on and how much effort we put into it is very much a a factor of all of the experiences that we've had well because you think for you guys like there's nothing like you could make your kids life you know quote unquote like miserable Mm -hmm. but they're in scottsdale dude yeah right how fucking how 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 miserable yeah here let me drop you off in school in my tesla and like come back to our house which is awesome and you can swim in the pool but compared to like your 
first 10 years to their 10 years it's like there's nothing you can do because you would have to actually like physically move somewhere yeah and be miserable too and you can't yeah i mean they would have to i i slept on a couch for the first 10 years i was on a we sofa in sleeper that opened up for a while yeah, too. Yeah. so um, and your kids i assume have we didn't their have, own bedrooms yeah they have their With own queen beds and like <laughs> I, ipads and shit and whatever else they're yeah. doing you know yeah no absolutely but i i think our that kids are very appreciative though for the for thing. the world that they're growing up in, yeah, and, and they do have, you know, they're very aware of how we grew up, and so maybe that helps to inform them about, you know, not everybody's got a great. Yeah. They're very conservative. They never ask for anything. It's kind of crazy. I'm like, how are they? They must have heard our stories. We must have talked a lot. <laughs> yeah. It, well, if you do it enough, it's like it just sinks into them, and it just becomes. It really does, yeah. So how do you guys uh, end up here in Scottsdale? Uh, we came here seven years ago, April 1st through the 5th of 2015. We were uh, skiing on vacation in Vail for a week, and he was sick, and we had an extra week of spring break, and I was not going to go back to Chicago cold weather with two little kids in an extra week of school. So I said, let's check it out. $60 flights from Denver to Phoenix. Um, the best vacation ever. Five days of, we did a hot air balloon, we did pink Jeep tour in Sedona, you name it, we did it. Oh, all the touristy shit. We yeah, did yeah. all of it those first five days. And then we ended up going back to Chicago at the end of the month, end of April. It was snowing. Yeah. We looked at each other. We're like, what the hell are we doing here? Why are we? So we came back a couple of days later and we said we had vacation goggles. Let's check it out if it was really as good as we thought. Um, we came back here and we realized it really was as good as we thought. We picked up and we just decided to try it. We actually moved here um, kind of on a trial basis. We rented out our home that we thought was our forever home back in Chicago as an executive rental. We rented a fully furnished home here. Um, and we decided, let's try it. Worst case scenario, the kids are little. We'll go back into our old life. Yeah. Um, after about two, three months, it was actually at the Waste Management uh, Phoenix Open that we were sitting there. Up. We were sitting there. It was like 80 degrees on a beautiful afternoon, and it was snowing back in Chicago. We looked at each other. We're like, we're staying. This is really awesome. Well, it was, it, let's be honest, the first year was really difficult. It was. It's not like it first was. First two years were yeah, very difficult. Not, it was a very difficult transition for everyone. It's not like, you know, we moved here, and then it was just all rosy. Zero um, family, zero friends, truly just wanted a different lifestyle hard, yeah hard to adjust when you're in your 40s you know or turning 40 as we were um and making new friends right and it's like our kids were in a school that they didn't know anyone and we it took us some time to really find our our people our space our you know our crowd um we created communities uh f for ourselves here because we didn't know anyone so i started um a Facebook group for Scottsdale moms. You know, we have about 6,000 moms right now in that group just oh, no because I didn't have a clue which doctor to go to, pediatricians. I didn't have a clue where to get, you know, my car fixed. So, um, yeah, it was a community that we created uh, with somebody else online, and that was really important for us. And you just picked here because it was just warm? It just felt like it was home. Yeah. We yeah. checked out Florida. We used to go on vacation all the time from, you know, but no. In the Midwest, that's where people go. Yeah. Exactly. Well, people, exactly. And, and it's because they don't know about here, right? So when I you think th the secret's out. But it's, it's so <laughs> it's so far, though, for them. Like when you think like if you're in like I grew up in Minnesota, 
if you to go to Hawaii, it's mm-hmm. like, dude, yeah. this is the this yeah. is it's not just, worth it. Let's it's go to beautiful, but it's not worth. Yeah, it. Yeah, you're like, let's go to Florida, dude. Yeah, and then Florida to you is like, this is the greatest thing ever. And no offense to Florida, but bro, yeah, it ain't here. It's no. not. It's not. I mean, and we spent a lot of time down there, and we would constantly say, maybe, maybe we'll retire here. Let's let's look at real estate here. You know that kind we of tried. thing that everybody does. Um, but it wasn't until we came out here that we were just like, wait a minute, this is so much better than Florida. And it was so much better that when we came here, despite not knowing anyone, despite, you know, not being here for more than a couple of days, we were just like, okay, you know, this is, this is it. This is, you know, better than Miami. It's better than Los Angeles. It's better than all these other places that we thought we wanted to be. But it sucks. Don't move here. It sucks. And um, the summers are horrible. It's horrible in the summer. Because, <laughs> it's, it's, dude, it's gotten out of control here. Yeah, it has. It has. And it it, has. I think it that will continue. I mean, look at how much land we have available. We, we um, through this work that we've been doing on our app, we've been meeting people in economic development in every city here and even citywide, like greater Phoenix area. And, um, man, I mean, these these people are just rocking and rolling, bringing like massive enterprises here, like, you know, Taiwan Semiconductor. You see the shit out on the 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's yeah. a monster. I Economic mean, development here. And like how many They're working their butts off. They're doing a great job. How many times have you driven by a road where it's like there's just a road and nothing else? Like it just goes into the desert and then it stops, right? And that's like infrastructure just waiting to be built. That doesn't exist anywhere else. Like, you didn't see that in, you know, Minnesota. No. Well, the crazy thing is when I first, like, before we bought this building, we were down the street behind Cracker Jacks for seven years. There was nothing past Cracker Jacks. Mm-hmm. There was no Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. There was no Trevor's. There was nothing. And now you go, and I'm like, oh, people live out here. This whole yeah. community, there's everything. I'm like, the game, well, even the Scottsdale Quarter, like, there was Brio, which was the Italian restaurant, mm-hmm. if you remember, yep. on the corner, and maybe the Apple Store. None mm-hmm. of that other shit was in there. Right. Like nothing. And now I'm like, where are all these condos coming from? Like, are we building more roads? Yeah. Like, this has gotten kind of bonkers here. Yeah, it's going to keep going for a little while. I mean, we're close to tapping out. Um, last numbers I heard was that we are at 250,000 residents and that we can reach up to 300,000 at our max. Um, but that's just Scottsdale. The valley is huge. And guess what? Scottsdale keeps growing because as... You know, people learn about Scottsdale. Everybody wants to be in Scottsdale. There's parts of like certain, like the Phoenician Hotel. Um, My wife works for Corporate Marriott, so yeah, I've been there okay. a million times. Yeah. So their address is in Scottsdale. They're not Scottsdale. They're they're called the Phoenician, yeah. but they're like we're Scottsdale. Okay, fine. But this is what happens: is like as a municipality grows and people get attracted to it, everybody wants to be part of it. So. Scottsdale's going to get bigger. Yeah, it's, it's been gnarly to watch. Yeah, and if we have anything to do with it, everyone in the world will know about Scottsdale because they'll know that, listen up, the app that tells you about where you are, wherever Started you are. Started here. So I'm going to ask about that, but the first thing I want to say, um, you train dogs too? I love dogs. Um, we foster dogs. So we over train COVID, dogs. we have two rescues right now, two large rescues, and over COVID, um, decided to foster puppies because I could not go for a third dog. So I decided let's 
let's foster those babies How from does, eight weeks to 12 weeks. Um, we were up give, in the middle of the night. And you and give we them can, away? We find good homes for them. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, How it, hard is that, though? Very. Extreme. There was almost one that was going to be a foster fail that I wanted to keep. But my daughter, um, she's 14 now, but she's like, Mom, if we keep this dog, that means we can't save others. So I kind of had to, and this dog is living a fabulous life with another family of kids and another dog. So we were able to save about seven other dogs after that. And we, it's very hard sometimes because each of us will uh, get attached to (laughs) one or the other, right? It's never the same one. Um, And I think that if all three of us did get attached to the same dog. Three? Well, four Four of of us (laughs) did get attached to the same dog. Um we would probably keep that dog. But the reality is, is you watch them, you know, you, you help them, you teach them. During their hardest, the hardest time. I mean, yeah, I mean, we teach them, our five. kids will teach the dogs how to walk through a doggy door so that they can go pee and poo outside, right? So we're potty training them. I'll teach them a few, you know, tr- like sit and down yeah. commands, certain yeah. things. We didn't and grow up with dogs, by the way. No, Me not neither. at all. Never, not at all. But... but but their dogs are amazing. Um, it's it's almost like um, I feel that if if we were more effective at integrating dogs into our society, they could help people with depression. They can help people with all kinds of mental illnesses. They can help people with um, you know just getting in getting to a better place in life. I think they're very powerful. That's probably the reason I'm still married, dude. <laughs> um, you see my like so this guy brought me this if you look above my door yep. some guy i've never met him before brought that it's a painting of my dog it's hmm. crazy because i put my dog like always on uh like mm-hmm. my instagram and stuff and so like i'll feed it all the time now people will come here where's your dog i'm like well dude i work here yeah and the thing sheds like crazy and she's super old now i'm like so she can't be here yeah i'm like but same thing rescued her um a lady found her <clears throat> on the reservation wow there was like yeah she goes to the res and just like picks up like the mom and then has eight puppies. And then we just took the smallest one 13 years ago. Yeah. These rescue, I mean, the people that spend their time and their lives helping these animals. Uh, how are could you unbelievable, do it? Are unbelievable. They well, need as much help as possible too. Because my wife will send me, oh, look at this one. I'm like, bro, we can't yeah, do right. that. And she's like, but we could just keep it for a little bit. I'm like, I know you, dude. And that we're going to have 15 fucking dogs yep. here. And yep. it would be great. But... Now we're those weird dog people. Yep. That's we right. were almost going to become with that third dog. But my daughter didn't say, Mom, we can't do this. Yeah. We, it's tough. That's a, that's why I ask. Like, okay, you keep them for months, and you're like, okay, now you got to go. Like, mm-hmm. dude. The hardest time, too, when they're babies. But it's worth it because you see a lot of the families still text me and show me pictures of the dogs. As, you know, we just went on vacation. The dog has – I mean, these dogs are having really good lives. So Yeah. That's actually pretty yeah. awesome. <laughs> I hope my wife doesn't listen to this. Part <laughs> um, so your guys' stuff. Uh, you have an app. I'm going to let you go. We'll go super down all the rabbit holes. But like for people listening, I'm sure you have a spiel of like making them understand like what what it is and, and what what's the goal. It's definitely a very new technology. So the high level explanation. It's a the first audio app that tells you about where you are, wherever you are. It truly is something that you put your phone away. You have your ear pods, Bluetooth, goes into your Bluetooth hearing aid. You could be biking, walking, driving, and just enjoy the stories that are coming to you. We know where you are, and you can hear stories if there's good stories coming to your ears. We're hoping people can actually get off their couches, go out and explore the world and enjoy it and learn about different areas that they're at. So it's kind of like 
the museum experience in the real world is yep. what we say. Most we people can associate going to a museum and having, you know, the, the some audio, kind of audio tours that they do. Yeah. yeah. But imagine walking outside of that museum and still enjoying the world and hearing about it, hearing about the statues, hearing about the buildings. Um, and the thing is, our app will over time curate to what you're interested in. So you're going to have all the fitness and sports history of a certain area where your wife might be getting the music background and somebody else you're walking with is going to be getting the history and architecture. So over time, it will be curated to you. So basically, it like targets and pixels you for through your own shit, basically. Yeah, but in a, in a very... And not a creepy way. Right, in a very anonymous way. So yeah. that's kind of the difference between what we're doing and like maybe Google or Facebook is that... They're trying to gather all the information about you and just sell you. Yeah. And they're pretty effective at it, right? The best. Um, so we want the information about where you are, what you're doing, you know, what activities, but that's so that we can curate a better story to you. Um, but ultimately, we want you to own that information so that you can, you know, leverage that for um, maybe getting a better user experience. So the way I think of it too, like if you're, if you use a museum example, like I've been to the Vatican Mm -hmm. and you go through and the guy, if you have a good, we've done a, but we did all that shit. So like the Coliseum, Mm -hmm. all the Mm -hmm. stuff, the one that, that dude, we just left. He's fucking terrible. I'm like, Heather, we don't need this dude. Mm -hmm. He sucks. Yep. The Vatican guy was great. And he like, he speaks well, he's funny. I'm like, okay, this is cool. You're essentially, you could do it. Yeah. Without that well, person. Number one with those people, it's like the luck of the draw. Some people are very passionate about, you know, tour guiding and, and sharing stories. But the reality is they're more interested in if they're real, you know, geeks about it, they're more interested in the experience. So they're not there to tell you the same story that they've told a hundred times before. They would rather you come in with some base knowledge and be able to give you an experience. Um, so maybe like in Jerusalem, that would be explaining to you that the city was built with a bunch of different tunnels, but the tour guide is actually going to take you to the tunnels. They don't have to explain to you like the whole history. They're there for the experiences. Um, but yeah, the information, the base knowledge is something that our app can give you and you're not taking the chance of, well, is this person doing it just as a job and they suck? Or when we were in certain places, we'd have people with certain accents that we didn't understand. And we'd be like, what the hell did he just say? So we were in Israel and we had a tour guide that was French and his accent. At Masada. His accent was very thick and we were having a very hard time listening to him. Um, it would have been good to have listen yeah. up with us at that time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, tour guys are amazing, and we still want not, people not, to do that. But you're not imagine, trying to get rid of them. Yeah. No, yeah. not at all. Actually, we're hoping to work with them. And we're, I'm like, why is this guy still talking about juice? Like, what kind of juice? Is this orange juice apple? And <laughs> she's like, he said juice. Juice. Oh, okay. So it's, yeah. So I so think. If you're on vacation for like a 10-day trip. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to do about three days maybe tour guys. But what about the rest of the time? You want to just explore. You want to walk out of your hotel, go to the right, go to the left. Tours are really expensive. Yeah. Just explore and just learn about where you are. You want to just walk down to the coffee shop next to you and learn about, oh, wow, this coffee shop has been around or this building has been around since 1700s. And you get stories and history about it. And you can do that in up to 25 languages. And this app is free. 
that is another thing that was really important for us is this information should be free to everybody. And the app is listen up is the listen app. up. That is the platform. Mm-hmm. Yep. Apple, listen up. Apple, Spotify, all the, or, uh, just not Spotify, Apple. The, the, just app, Apple the right app store. Now. My bad. Uh, currently just the Apple app store. There is not an Android version yet. yet. That's something we want to build, but we don't have the funds for right now. Right We've now been we bootstrapping are, this whole business ourselves. Yeah. We didn't want to take a dollar from anyone because you know, the minute you do that, you have some responsibilities to those people. And that's kind of what screwed up all of the companies that exist in our space today, like Facebook and Google. So, and we'll just go, we'll just break it down from the mm-hmm. beginning. How, you're just hanging out one day and you're like, you know what, let's just create an app because it seems like the biggest pain in the ass that's ever <laughs> existed. Now, you obviously have a better background like I'm just a fitness idiot, but we do app stuff on the internet and it is not the easiest thing to do, especially yeah. with just even the backend users and problems and whatever else. We've had friends create, my buddy's created one of the first um, interval apps and he's like, oh, this is awesome. And like, we loved it, but he's not a app guy so then over time it just gets worse and yeah. worse mm-hmm. and it stops working and working and, and then now the thing's fucking worthless he's five years ahead of his time probably honestly i go but he couldn't keep up with just the mm-hmm. and that's what you guys do so you had right. the idea and you're like how do you start well, yeah the wh- idea came from actually a need we were traveling right before COVID in italy with our two teenage daughters and we ended up Organizing a bunch of tours and missing out on those tours because of jet lag and the tour started a mile away from the hotel. We didn't get there on time. So it was a need that we realized. We started downloading all these different apps. They left a lot. You know, they were not as good as we they could have been. And Igor on his own decided to go out one day in Venice. And we were going to meet him finally once we were up and ready. Um, and he had a really bad experience learning about where he was at a mo- in Venice, everything is historic. And when he was there, he did not get the experience that he really wished he could because it wasn't a very popular tourist attraction, but he wanted to know about it because it was extremely historic. So he was standing there with his head stuck in his phone, Google, Wikipedia, trying to find out this information about this location. And he's like, there's gotta be a better experience. So when we got back home, COVID happened. We had some more free time on our hands. Um, and that's when he started tinkering. Yeah, we started messing around with this technology. And, and you know, ultimately, you're right. If you don't um, continue to keep up with technology, then, um, you know, technology has this, um, I think, as, as a uh, fitness person. By the way, looking at you, you're not a fitness idiot. You're actually pretty, pretty um, adept at this. But... The thing is, your muscles will atrophy after some time, right? Yeah. And this is what pretty happened pretty quick, pretty quickly. And this is what happens to apps and technology as well. Um, you know, you hear people talk about this all the time, where it's like we went to the moon in the 1960s, and then it's like, well, we haven't been back since. Why not? What are, What are we doing wrong? Well, technology hasn't just gotten to the place where we can all go to the moon today because people aren't working on it and that's what it takes in order to advance technology it doesn't just on its own continue to uh, improve it actually does the opposite which is atrophy so um, what we do is because we're or I am very uh, technically adept I've been programming since a very early age been around computers forever um, you just loved it naturally. Just loved it, just naturally. Total I mean, tech geek. Yeah, like I you're mean, like fucking Neo. 
No, I mean, the reality is, is like, um, number one, I dive into all kinds of things, right? So like I started to get into music and unlike people who just like listen to music and enjoy it, I was like, I need to learn how to play every instrument that exists. Self-taught, never took lessons. Yeah. So like guitar, like guitar, bass, drums, drums, keyboards. Yeah. yeah, Like, really? And now he has a jam every week at our house. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. dude. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I get deep into shit. Like we, um, when we moved here, we didn't know what neighborhood we wanted to live in. So we started up in DC ranch. Then we went to like, uh, bell and 56. And then we were like here on rain tree and we were like all over the place, but we finally found, um, a house that we loved in McCormick ranch. Right. And it was like this beat down place that hasn't been updated since it was built in 1976. And I was like, okay, I learned everything there is to know about construction because I felt like there wasn't the general contractor who was willing to work within my budget, looking at, you know, understanding my vision for this place. And I basically built the house. I, I um, always say our house is built via YouTube. Like he yeah, learned how to really? build a house. But, yeah, YouTube. but that's the thing. He I learned mean, you can, everything you can learn from electrical everything. to. Yeah, no, I can listen, bro, but sometimes I don't have the skills. Yeah, it's a, it's not a matter of skills. It it's a matter of understanding it. the methods and then having someone to do the work. I didn't do the work, but I understood that, you know, if we wanted to put up a patio, we needed to do the load calculations because the roof had to be held by, you know, a certain amount of... Bro, you like a robot. Maybe, maybe. Um, (laughs) But but this is, you know, we're getting into this discussion of like artificial intelligence. I mean, these are things that that, you know, computers are going to be able to allow people to, um, you know, assimilate too much faster. It's not going to be like you have to go to school for three years to find out how to be an electrical engineer. If you want to fix a radio, you can fix a radio in 20, 30 minutes by watching a YouTube video. So you're always kind of into this stuff from forever, essentially. Yeah. And you just start. I just started hacking away at it, you know, like just building pieces of code. And we would go during the pandemic. There were not that many places that we could go to, but we could like drive, drive to at that time. It was yeah. literally within a month or two after. So we shut would down. drive up to like tell you ride. Right. And so we'd walk around the town and I would have this app that would, you know, tell us about where we are through headphones the basically. first version through, yeah version because somebody has tried to do this before it just sucks people have tried to do this for years and years and years yeah. i mean literally for for 15 years because the technology of gps and the technology of having you know your iphone on you at all times um, has been around for 15 years. So people, of course, this is like low hanging fruit. Like what can your phone do? Well, it can tell you about where you are, wherever you are. Right. Um, but there were other technologies that weren't advanced or didn't really come to fruition at that time. So it wasn't really going to take off. Whereas now, um, you know, I, and I feel this is the thing with all technologies is that, and a lot of people have great ideas about tech, but it's like, if the timing isn't right, it doesn't matter how awesome you are. Like, you know, the timing wasn't right for MySpace. They were ahead of the curve. Yep. They came out with Facebook before Facebook, but the timing wasn't quite right. And so 
humans need time to assimilate to technology. They're not just going to pick everything up and go, okay, got it. You know, go from like landline phone to the iPhone, you know, that, that would be an impossible leap, but over time they start to adapt to these things. And so that's kind of what we did is we started to put together these, um, types of technologies that would tell you about these places. And over COVID, we would go to two or three different places like Huntington Beach. We went down to Cabo. Um, we'd use this wherever we went. But this we summer... We populated all the information just for the areas. Like right before we knew we were going somewhere, we'd have people populate content yeah. for us. So not just you guys, like random. Yeah. Well, we have a whole community and we can get into that as well. Okay. So for somebody listening, because this is going to get real fucking bonkers here yeah um the app listen up you can go somewhere and it will tell you a story about where you're at and that can be multifaceted so if you go to camelback mountain let's say and you're here maybe roger tells his version of camelback maybe correct me if i'm wrong rick tells his he lost his virginity in the parking lot susie met santa up on top at christmas time you can have multiple stories and essentially do the best ones kind of filter to the top if i'm understanding it correctly so or the most popular yes and no so um there are multiple levels it's not just people telling stories telling their story it's it's it can be computers telling stories meaning that you're someplace where nobody's told a story before but we can detect that location and do some research online when i say we i mean a artificial intelligence program here we go everybody <laughs> this is where it goes we can do that research and then basically pull together five different articles about that specific location, right? And like you so go to some blog, you go to Wikipedia, you go to some articles and newspapers that are online. We like can, when you say you. Well, the computer. The computer. The okay. computer. The artificial like I'm thinking and we can pull all of these different sources. stories, combine them into a story, artificial intelligence. And I'm doing this extremely simple because this is how I needed it to be explained. Yeah. Artificial intelligence will make those 10 stories into one really good story. And then that's what we transcribe into speech into 25 languages. So what you have to understand here is that there are multiple sources of input, multiple places where stories come from. Some are human generated. Some are going to be uh, researched from the web through artificial intelligence. And then there's some sort of algorithm that takes these stories and does something to them. So that may be trying to determine how good they are, how unique they are. Are they plagiarized? Are they um, in some way inflammatory, right? Like, do they defame someone? Do, are they offensive? Are they racist? And basically, after the system takes that information, it can compile it down into something that's useful and valuable and then we distribute that to the app um, via speech via text-to-speech so it's always spoken and you hear it rather than having to see it or read it and then humans have the ability to weigh in on that and say hey this is good or this is bad or this is false or this never happened or you know Jimmy didn't lose his virginity in that parking lot because I walked out before he, he, yeah. uh, before he could put the moves on me. <clears throat> um, you know, whatever it is, but ultimately it becomes a conversation at that point and an evolving story that for the next few people that come there, that story is even better. And um, it's not like there is just like one story that p 
you hear, you generally don't even hear people's voices because what we do is take those stories, transcribe them from voice into text so that we can have the artificial intelligence analyze it and improve it. And then from that text, we convert it back into speech. So you can tell stories that don't personally identify you. They don't have to be in your voice. As a matter of fact, the only way they would be in your voice is if the audio quality was just like really clear, like we're doing here on a podcast, right? Otherwise, if you're outside, there's all kinds of noises. Trash, yeah. yeah and so whose voice is on there? Just the AI? Uh, yeah. Bro, this is like Terminator shit. Um, we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, I mean, no. The reality is, does it is sound like a real person? It. Some I, does. Yeah, we can play I can some play right it now for you if you'd like. Oh, this is trippy as hell, dude. Sure. Why? So why? no matter. So basically, no persons on there unless they're submitting like. We've got some sound bites from Mayor of Scottsdale. We've got some sound bites. Oh, so from you get like legit audio for recording. sure oh, yeah. because like welcoming people to Arizona or yeah. we could if they want it. That's why we work with municipalities, actually, because we want them to take part in making sure that the stories and the information out there is what they would like to be out there. It's like a pot, like a podcast for wherever you're going. That's essentially essentially right. But it can also be an actual podcast, because if you're walking around and there isn't something interesting or you've already been there, you're walking around your block, you already know all the stories that there are to know. Maybe instead you get um, some kind of, you know podcast or you get some music or you get something else of value i mean ultimately what we're building is the internet for your ears it really bugs me out man so yeah. your the robot podcast, the robot shit your well, podcast will be on there music will be on there and it'll all be curated to what you yeah. usually enjoy how many different apps do you go on right now to listen to your podcast to your music to make a phone call to yeah i mean Imagine all of that under one. And ultimately what we're trying to do is remove the screen from the user interface so that people can start to get adjusted to audio first technology, right? Like, so, um, you know, having even conversations, so people will voice text on their phone, right? All day long. I did for the first time, like a month ago. Okay. I fought and it. you don't yeah. stop though after you do that because it's it. so much easier. I fought it forever. You can I'm fight like, it. You can fight it, but you know what? In some places of the world, like we were just in Israel for a month. I mean, that's what they do all day long. That's no the shit. only way they communicate. Yeah. Every WhatsApp is message is via audio. WhatsApp audio messages. That's what they do. But let me play this for you so that you can hear what it sounds like. The city of Scottsdale, Arizona is known for its luxurious lifestyles and high-end amenities, but it has a rich history that predates its That's modern a fake day fame. AI. Did you mm-hmm. know that the area was originally known as I mean, Orangedale? Huh? This name was chosen by Albert G. Utley. Do you give him the accent too and everything? So that's just one out of how many voices do we have? Um, it depends on the language. So in English, we have probably about 15 voices to choose from. We have children's voices. We have voices that are in South African dialect we have british dialects mm-hmm. we have all kinds of dialects all over the world because if it was the same voice all the time you'd be really bored it yeah. would be sitting like yeah. sitting in a classroom listening to the same teacher talk it'd all be the like time. uh you have siri exactly yeah, so imagine exactly. you're walking from one building to the next and you're hearing different stories and it depends on what it is we would go into sedona and we would do a hike and we would do a meditation and we would have a different voice when we're up on Bell Rock doing, yeah. yeah. A, like a DT is the Indian voice. Um, oh, so you give him, everybody's got a name. Uh-huh. He yeah. knows all the voices. Yeah. He knows all the names. That is true. And then dude. the thing is, there's 
the user inter well when you look at the app you can be like wait this is a really bad user interface that's good we don't want it to be good because we don't want you to look at it but in yeah. the beginning when you first start using the app and we are still in our first version we want people actually going on there there's a lot of options like we don't like this voice or we can't find this feature we need feedback right now so to, to make this app as good as it can be we need everybody that's using this app to truly go on there and go this is a good story or we don't like this or the voice is horrible change it and you just read out like the reviews and stuff in the real time well it all gets well yeah or somebody a robot taken. does it yep right. exactly like because i read ours but exactly. again like yeah. i can i mean what do you, you know how many users you have is it a lot um it's not a lot we just launched the app um three weeks and, ago yeah officially and, um you know, we haven't really been encouraging people to download it. We want to be slow and methodical about it because we want to make sure we get to a point where. No, I get it. Um, but I it'd be would like say. The, it'd be like the first online program I Yeah. Did. I wish yeah. I could give them their money. Yeah, back. yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I would say we're at. Like 500? 500. Right yeah, now, just 500. So okay. hopefully your users and your audience downloads it and communicates yeah. with us what they like, what they don't like. I and, mean, most of it's here right now because our stories are based in scottsdale and phoenix and we do have a lot in other places but we are not focusing on those other places until we make sure that it's as good as it can be before we go roll out and we and, will be global and a lot of this is just kind of trying to sort of like science experiment with people right it's yeah. like sociological experiments like okay if we give people a little bit of a sense of what our app does by telling them a few stories Will that encourage them to share their stories? Ultimately, that's what we want is people to be not just, you know, there's uh, yesterday I was listening to uh, a rabbi. I went to um, to a, a Sabbath service at uh, Temple Beit Tefillah and the rabbi um, Pinkas Alush. Is that his name? Rabbi Alush. Rabbi Alush. Um, he says you can be a thermostat or you can be a thermometer. Um, you know, a thermometer just takes the temperature but a thermostat can actually control the temperature and um, yeah, man, I guess you're probably gonna steal that that's good yeah it's yeah. good right and so I totally shouldn't have even given him credit for that one um, <laughs> he really didn't say it he everybody. didn't say it I just came he up says with a that. lot of amazing things actually so. but um but you know this is the thing and so we anyone who downloads any app is essentially a thermometer until they start to contribute and then they become a thermostat and that's what we want to do is help people become thermostats so that they're not just responding to everything in their world, but they're actually having some input into it. Um, even at a civic level, like here in Scottsdale, um, you know, we, I think, uh, I don't have the exact numbers, but have a tremendously low um, amount of people involved in civic activity, meaning like, you know, voting for the mayor. Do you know who the mayor is? Bro, I don't even know what the mayor does. Do exactly. Okay. Exactly. And I'm the first people, dude. To, I said all the time and I go. that's exactly. I'm, I'm going to say this really quick. The people who like fall politics super hard. That's awesome, dude. That's great. How the fuck do you even understand what half these jobs are? I can barely keep my own life together, let alone this shit. Well, the which reality is embarrassing. Is, which is embarrassing. Yeah. But it's the truth. But the reality is they're not, you know, many of them are not real jobs. The people that are actually doing a lot. I like, of, I like it. A lot of people <laughs> who are doing the work are doing it. Um, they're employed, you know, by the city. They're, they're the ones who are who have been there for many years and are, are sustaining is our society. Is it Ortega? Yes, yes. very yeah, good. Yeah, very good. <clears throat> I know See? the name. See? 
Um, See, guys, I'm not that stupid. Yeah. But that's the thing <coughs> is that a lot of people <clears throat> around here don't know, right? And yeah. it's like, well, okay, maybe you don't need to know the mayor, but do you know, like, how your subdivision or your condo association or, oh, yeah. you know, homeowners association runs? Like, just being involved in something that is local to you is something that I think if we don't do that, if we don't take that responsibility of upon ourselves, even just at a hyper local scale, then, you know, we can't complain. We have no right to complain about anything that, you know, happens in the city. So ultimately, like all of these things is we want people to understand that they have a voice. We want to give them that voice. We, and whether it's from a perspective of municipal stuff or, you know, just sharing information about the restaurants or the shops that you love or whatever like we need these communications now more than ever yeah and like the incentive for them is just to like just to do it well nope there's definitely there's so when more... we explain that the surface level it's listen up is an app that tells you about where you are wherever you are there's a lot of layers underneath it we just haven't started explaining a lot of the layers we already have our roadmap we know where we're yeah. going with it Cause like, but I'm we're not, trying to get people to understand audio at this what it point. is first. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because like for us, like we uh, most of these that the fitness apps are super simple. It's like when you're a kid, you show up to school, you get a fucking attendance award. Mm -hmm. right. We don't do that. I'm not a get a trophy <laughs> for showing up. I go, but you get your everybody little everybody wins. Yeah, you get your little star for whatever. But they have streaks, right? I did every workout in the 47 day mm -hmm. Jeremy, and we can track it and see. It's like this. We're humans. We keep stats. Imagine what we do. if they're getting paid for creating it. So we have a community. And then we're going to have advertisers, how we're monetizing this. And then we've got the Listen Up platform. So I don't know how deep we're going to go into, or do you want to? Might as well. Might like as well. Jump in. Like, so you have like a, is there like a, and we'll do the, this is going to go crazy. Um, like a street team of people, essentially, that kind of helps you build like a layer. Is that right? No, it's, um, it's not a street team. It's, every, these people are all over the world. I mean, we have people like 40 or 50 of them in Lagos, Nigeria. Nigeria right now creating content for us about Scottsdale. Like, how the fuck does that work? Uh, I see your mind going. Yeah. <laughs> Google Maps, right? Well, I'm also Wikipedia. the guy who I used to call Marriott, and I would be yeah. like, why is the Des Moines, Iowa hotel sold out? And she's like, I have no clue. I'm like, well, right. you're in Iowa. She's like, no, sir. No, I'm not. I'm not here. I'm like, okay, I'm an idiot. Thank you. That's who I am. <laughs> so yeah. the, the funny thing is, is that um, these days with, you know, technology, um, street maps, all these other things, research that you can do on Wikipedia and articles and using artificial intelligence you can come up with information very quickly and um if we need humans to touch some of these things which we do in order for them to be at least of a quality that we can play for people then we basically want to do that in the most cost effective and um sort of empowering way that we can so the, the reason a lot of these folks are in Lagos, Nigeria is because we can pay them in cryptocurrency. Um, we don't have to, you know, deal with all kinds of exchange rates and they don't have to deal with their government telling them that they have to pay a certain amount of taxes on this money. They could just go buy milk and eggs with, you know, their earnings. And what do you they, pay them in, Bitcoin or something? Not Bitcoin. We actually use something called Matic, which is on the Polygon network. Yeah. Um, but yes, it's cryptocurrency. And you it's, guys are all in the shit. 
We're but, deep now. I mean, so I'm, again, you have to realize I'm a technologist. So I look at these things not from the hype cycle that like, oh, everybody's buying Bitcoin. Everybody's buying NFTs. I need to buy some NFTs. Do you have an opinion? Now that we're here, fuck you. We got to do it. Do it. We do you do can it. talk Jump about in. it forever. Yeah. Do you have Go a Bitcoin ahead. opinion? Yeah, I have a Bitcoin opinion. What is it? Um, Bitcoin for me. Tread lightly. <laughs> I, I will definitely try. It's just lightly. your opinion. There's no wrong answers. Yeah. No, there are wrong answers. Um, <laughs> that's the thing about technology. Um, and only time will prove whether it's wrong or right. But, um, you know, Bitcoin for me is not the um, be all end all of cryptocurrency. It's the version one. So it's like the flip phone of cryptocurrency. Um, it's outdated. It's slow. It requires you to burn a lot of fossil fuels in order to make it work. Um, there are tremendous values of it. Like you will not hear me talk shit about, you know, Satoshi or um, the place that Bitcoin has allowed us to be. It's a, it's an amazing, amazing um, progression of um, the economy and gives us the power to decouple uh, economy from government which I think is immensely useful and necessary. But in terms of technology, it is the first version. It is one that is not easily, um, not easily improved. And some people will say that's a feature, not a bug. But I say that if the like 40% of Bitcoin or something like that is locked, meaning that it's not in circulation, it never will be. Um, you know, there's a lot of influence that comes in from uh, various different, uh, very rich people. MicroStrategy? Mm, yeah, Sailor is one of them. There's a shit ton. Yeah, um, you know, the Winklevosses as yeah. well, right? I mean, so it's like, it's cool. Look, the reality is, is that, you know, they're banking on it because it will make them a shit ton of money if it Pops. does pop. But from my perspective... Um, where does that leave the rest of us, right? It's like, okay, so so they did great because they have all this invested in it, but where does that leave, you know, that it's great for the, it's, it's people don't like to equate cryptocurrency with Ponzi schemes because quite frankly, you know, there's a lot of bad connotations that come along with that. But the, the reality is, is that the first person that got in, which was Satoshi, whoever that may be, or... Um, may not be. By the way, he might be like the next block over. I'm not sure if you know this, but yeah. you know about the crypto, the cryogenic um, facility right here? Uh -huh. Okay. Because a lot of people believe that that is Satoshi. Um, yeah. Like you're for real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hal, Hal Leonard. Uh, I think that was his name, Hal Leonard. He's uh, one of the original <laughs> cryptocurrency, um, you know, people involved who people knew about. And um, he moved here in Scottsdale because he had ALS. And um, he was cryogenically frozen uh, before his death, basically because he wanted to be revived when there's a cure for ALS. Bro, we're in outer space now. Yeah, yeah. And it's literally this next block over. Like, I'm not shitting you. Yeah. It's, that's where the facility is. Um, but that's a tangent. So ultimately... <laughs> do, you, do you own Bitcoin? 
I don't own any. Zero. Bitcoin. Zero. Zero. You know Peter Schiff? You follow Peter? No. He's Mr. Gold, uh, Pacific. Uh, he's, okay. he's anti-fucking Bitcoin. Hates okay. the whole thing. Thinks, it's, well, thinks listen, it's garbage. A lot of people do. Um, so does Warren Buffett, right? But these guys are 150 years old. And it also has $90 billion. So and, it doesn't really matter. And and that's the key word there is dollars, right? Yeah. That's his currency. So why would he... Be a you fan know, of an alternate, be a fan of currency. An alternate currency, right? Um, but the reality is, is that blockchain has tremendous capabilities to change the way um, people exchange value, and it has the ability to change the um, the equity model of currency. Why which, don't you explain blockchain first? You just went straight into that. So these guys, <sighs> we've had a ton of finance dudes on. They know a little bit about this, like. Um, Again, some of them are for, some of them are completely. But again, it's always like when you watch a documentary on Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, uh, meat's going to kill you. Yeah. I always go like, follow the money. Well, who, right. f- who filmed who it? Who filmed it? Right. Who's fucking behind vegans. This? I'm like, which is fine. Eat vegetables all day. It's cool. I'm like, but you know, it's like, it's a different lens. They're they're giving it to you through. It's the same thing where, like, if I ask my financial advisor, hey, man, what do you think about Ethereum? He'd be like, yeah. well, it's shit, bro. Well, he doesn't yeah. make any money off that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. whether he really exactly. believes it, I would hope he would tell me the truth either way. We look at it as like, well, if you want to buy these things, for me, Jeremy, if you burn that money or you buy fucking Bitcoin, it don't matter. It's not going to change your life either way. Right. That's how we do well, it. Well, the thing, Jeremy, is that people don't understand this stuff, right? And we expect them to because we expect people to understand all technology these days. Like, how does an iPhone work? Dude, well, how, how do you even look at Coinbase, for example, and understand what the well, fuck you're even looking at? No, no, me. Yeah, yeah. I can... I learn what I learn, and I yeah. know enough to be dangerous. Exactly. But, but like, the thing is... And you hope to go to experts to truly yeah, help but, you with... But, but do you know how the central reserve works? Do you know that... Oh, it's, do, yeah, it's fake as hell. <laughs> they don't even print money anymore. They just type it in. A, my question is, too, at the, this is going to go crazy. When you're at, when the, then the Fed is there, yeah. we're going to print money, which yeah. is not printing anymore. My wife's right. been paid by Marriott for like 20 years. Sure. Never once seen a paper check. Come. Right. It's just numbers on a screen. Yep. Dude. This shit's all fake. Yep. When they type it in a computer, where does it go? Like, who gets it first? I don't get any money. Yeah. So where is this money going? Yeah. So it's the banks, basically. So the banks have these, like, ledgers, right, which mm-hmm. are, are, you know, spreadsheets where they move money from one or move numbers from one column to another. Yep. But this is what where our economy right now is hitting a brick wall. And I think people are starting to realize this and it's it's going to get much worse i think people are like oh yeah you know markets bottomed out and things are bad and interest rates are high no it's going to get worse right it has to to because all these banks what they've been doing is moving numbers from one column to another but they've been leveraging they've been lending out money like crazy um at insanely low interest rates and you know, that has a repercussion that we haven't felt yet. Um, so ultimately... You also have the highest credit card debt you've ever had and the lowest savings rates you've ever had at the exact same time. Yeah, which is, again, lending, right? So if I can lend the same dollar five times, that's a problem, um, especially if three of the five times I don't get paid back. And yep. that's what's happening right now. But people don't understand necessarily 
the economics of our existing monetary system in the United States, which is the U.S. dollar. We can't expect that they're automatically going to understand Bitcoin or cryptocurrency or Ethereum or Cardano or anything like that. It's 10, so, it's 10 years ahead of the fiat shift. Correct. In so, terms of understanding. In terms of, un and maybe not even understanding, because again, people use the dollar every single day. They do not understand it. So my philosophy is why do they need to so if you're using listen up and you're contributing stories and you see that there's a little number an account somewhere that goes up 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 every time you use that every time you create a story and if let's say you're a business owner and you want to advertise your business on listen up and when you do that that number goes down 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 then that's an economy and that's one you don't need to understand economics in order to use. And ultimately, that is the system that we will help use to help people learn what cryptocurrency is capable of. So do Explain it in a simple... No, it make, explain it, it like no, I'm five. No, it makes sense. Is there ones that you believe in, just from a technology standpoint? Well, I think the technology, and I look at it purely as technology. I'm not looking at it as like the hype cycle of what people are talking about. Um, but it's not one, it's the technology that has the value. So if you think about Ethereum, for example, Ethereum is a platform that was developed so that Bitcoin or things like Bitcoin could have programmatic could have programmability built into them, meaning that I don't just give you $5 and then you give me back $5.5 or whatever my interest rate is, but I can actually have certain terms or programmatic abilities built into that $5. I could say that, okay, I'll give you $5, but I'm only going to let you use these $5 on these five things, or I'm only going to allow you to reloan that $5 to these three people or something like that, right? These are all abilities to program and what that gives you is the ability to do two very unique things that you can't do with physical dollars or even bitcoin and that's have a fungible token and a non-fungible token here we go yeah yeah so the non-fungible fungible token is the nft right and the fungible token is basically your currency meaning that it's fungible one for one exchange when you bring in the concept of non-fungible tokens and i'm not talking from the perspective of uh you know art or uh degenerates or you know degen apes or monkeys or any yeah. any kind of people out spending three hundred thousand bucks for a picture of yeah God knows what and that's that's fine that's a cultural thing i'm not saying that that's bad but what i'm saying what did you think about all that though when you're watching it just go berserk, where you're like, this is the, this is going to the moon or uh, this is going to be mean, shit. I mean, I'm on, I'm on record with these things saying, you know, this is nuts. This is not sustainable. And if you want to do it because you want to go to that party where Snoop Dogg is spinning, do it. Right. Because that's maybe super important to you. Yeah. And, and, and it's a cultural thing. But don't do it as an investment. Don't think you're going to buy this ape and somebody else is going to buy it back for, from you for much more 
because they buy into the hype. So, but this is, you know, hype cycles drive much of our economy in a lot of ways. So it, you can't just completely discredit, discredit these things. But for me, it's the technology, the technology that allows me to say, without knowing who you are, I can sell you something. And you can own that for as long as you own that NFT. And then you can transfer it to someone else with or without my consent, if necessary. And maybe even give me a cut of some transaction uh, exchange value that happens there. But now you, I don't need to know who any of these people are in order for them to benefit from the ownership of whatever this NFT entitles you to. From the Listen Up perspective, that means let's say we set up an NFT for Scottsdale and we say anyone who's in Scottsdale uh, listens to advertisements on the listen up platform listens to stories generates revenue and the more revenue they generate the more that person who owns the nft for scottsdale can earn because we're doing a revenue share on that nft i don't need to know who owns that nft that nft can change hands 50 different times but the money from uh, the transaction that is the profit share goes directly to that NFT every single time without fail. So this allows us to, you know, basically build like um, all kinds of franchises without needing to know who the franchisees are, because that's what this ecosystem allows is trust without uh, needing to necessarily verify you're just paying the token essentially and you don't give a shit where it Correct. is or who has it it just goes it's essentially they're an affiliate it's a wallet that exists i mean it's literally called a wallet but yeah. it's like it's a box but who has access to that box whoever has mm -hmm. the nft right so you think that's where all this goes eventually yeah yeah i mean ultimately what i see is us turning into a society where we have very little um you know, big corporate entities, and we have a lot of smaller operators. And operators have the ability to create one-on-one -on -one relationships with individuals. I come to this gym because I think Jeremy's a good trainer. I come to this gym because I like the facility. Maybe somewhere down the line, I want to make sure that this gym survives. So I'm not just going to be a member of the gym. I'm going to own a token uh, that this gym uses to transact and I'm going to create demand for that token because as long as there's demand for that token, this business will survive, right? And so, um, and there may be people who come to Scottsdale for one week and they don't need the token to work out at this gym. They just need to book a session. They need to book a class, whatever they're here for. Yeah. And the gym continues to make money and I continue to make money because I invested in this gym. Can you go to listen up and explain <clears throat> our community? <laughs> yes. Man, you're fucking people up today, man. Like I how know. Like how, do you have a, a prediction? Like how, how long until we like accept this or like understand it? Like I'll give an example. Like, so my buddy created this thing called stream fit. He did it mm -hmm. with men's health. It was fucking awesome. All my coaches here, we had him watch it probably five years too early. Mm -hmm. People just didn't understand it. They're like, what is this? It's streaming fitness. This is ridiculous. Literally what he made is what I do now that has thousands of people buy it every single month. Hmm. He just was too early because the technology wasn't as, like we couldn't, 
come on stream, talk in real time, living. Sure. Like we still use like Facebook for some things for sure. like groups because their group shit is good for what it is. Yeah. We are now creating ecosystems inside of the apps where people won't have to do it because some people are anti Facebook. I don't want to be in here. It's fucking weird. I get it. Right. So my, I guess my question is how long until this starts to become a thing? It seems like technology moves super fast, except you'll have people who fight it or don't understand it. Or That's exactly right. So yeah. technology does move fast, especially when you know people like me who are impatient are passionate about it. And we say, shit, we got to go do this. Like it's doable now. Let's go do it. But then it takes people a long time to assimilate to it and understand it. And so for us, it's a question of, you know, how long will it take for people to give up the screen to basically say, you know what, I, I don't need that right now, or it's not adding to my interface. Because people it's, are addicted to the screens. They're bro. addicted to the screens, but beyond. Guess what? In three to five years, maybe is when I think we will have augmented reality options. Where we're stepping uh, into that role right now. Okay. Apple is right now working on. When you well, say that, what does that mean? Well, that means that basically you can wear glasses that are like the form factor of the glasses that or, I'm wearing. Or right maybe now. one day contacts. Or mm -hmm. they actually sure. have contacts already, but that, that project was um, kind of killed for for the time being. But um, yeah, some sort of visual aid that enhances the, or augments is more the accurate word, the vision that we have. So that may mean that I'm sitting here talking to you, but you can't see this, but in my glasses, a screen pops up and it shows me the text messages that my kids just sent. Like, what time are you going to pick me up? Hey, I have to be at tennis by Dude. 1230. Right. And when are we doing that? That's like I said, three to five it's years. Right. It's, I mean, if you think about it right now, Apple, Google, um, Snapchat, uh, Tesla. <laughs> I mean, like all these companies are working on this technology right now. They're trying to figure out ways to integrate the, you know, digital world into a visual uh, device. And the first one that's coming out from, well, you saw Google Glass probably already a couple of years ago, right? Yep. I mean, and that quote unquote failed, but that was a version one technology like 10 years ago. So here we are and companies are definitely um, a little bit weary about releasing technology that isn't going to scale and become popular. But Apple's supposedly this year, within the next couple of months, releasing this device that you can put on your head that is kind of like the Oculus Rift or whatever Facebook has, but you can see through it and you can see your real world and you can see visual things laid on top of it. So the question is, if three to five years from now, or let's say it doesn't take that, let's say it's longer, <clears throat> let's say it's seven or eight years. Sure. If you can do that in this form factor of regular glasses or contacts and not have to rely on your visual phone device, then who will not want that? Assuming that it's a, available to everyone, right? So and we don't we'll just wear glasses instead of have a phone. Yeah, I mean, you'd look like an idiot taking the brick out of your pocket. Bro, this shit's trippy, man. But now you're looking at something on these glasses, but what are you listening to? You're listening to Listen Up. You're listening to the audio platform that has been developed for augmented reality. It just all streams together. Yeah, I mean, think about it this way. If... Um, 
it takes a little understanding of history to, to put to piece this all together. But um, early 1900s, radio comes out and people are like, what the hell is this? Right. Like, what do we need this for? And think about their listening experiences up until that point was what's in the real world like somebody's playing a piano or this or that story yeah yeah, or a record or something like that right and a phonograph right so it's like okay we can hear things coming out of this machine but now you're hearing people talk out of the machine but it's real time like wait a minute it's real time like they're actually somewhere else they didn't just record this on a record no they're somewhere else radio waves are getting sent over and we're hearing them okay well how many years did it take from that point until there was a television and the television came out and people were just like, wait a minute, this is like the radio, right? It's just we can see them and hear them now, right? Now, if the television just came out first, people would have been like, well, whoa, this is a little scarier. How do I use this or why would I want It's like this? witchcraft. Yeah, but guess what? You know, when the radio came out, it took probably like 15 years. Actually, it was 100 years ago this August. Um, so, you know, August 1922. Yeah. Um, that the first radio ad ever played. It was an ad for a co-op building in New York City. And people were like, this makes no sense. I was just listening to something about, you know, politics. And now all of a sudden, uh, this radio ad, right. But by the time television came out, it was just like, Oh, okay. I know how to use this now because the radio has been giving me advertising for the last 10 years. Right. So all of these technologies, and by the way, the phone and the radio came out at around the same time. The phone actually came out first, but had slower adoption. And then the radio pushed the adoption of the phone and just like skyrocketed it. So ultimately, the bottom line is that humans need little incremental uh, tidbits of experience in order to get to that stage where they really understand and appreciate the technology. Otherwise, we panic. Yeah, and we freak. We, yeah, we panic. We freak out. We don't. We throw it away and say, "I don't know how to use this. It's too complicated." It just seems like you get so integrated with all of it, like it becomes this thing that you can't get away from. It certainly will be. I mean, but why would we want to be get away from it if it if enhances. it truly does enhance? Like right now, it's arguable. Is TikTok enhancing our world? Um, well, my kids actually use it to learn things like they know about news event, current events through TikTok, Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like, that's kind well, it's of a, impressive. It's a tool, right? Yeah. And it's, if you, to me, like, do I love social media? I didn't grow up on it. Yeah. Like, I think it's fucking weird. Mm-hmm. It's changed my life in a way that I could never go back. And so I'm so thankful for it. You guys wouldn't be here without it. I wouldn't be Jeremy Scott fitness without it. So I can't talk that much shit about it. So right. I use it for the good the creepy stuff I just kind of leave where it's at. But that's the thing is you can't get the good without the creepy. Right. And so it's like at the same time, my kids are learning stuff, but then they're also spending three hours getting dumber. Right. Just watching dances and, and stupid things that aren't, you know, and sometimes it's bad news or fake news or whatever. So ultimately there's the good and the bad to it. And we have a responsibility to try and, make that situation better. That's kind of what we're trying to do with Listen Up is give people another way to experience it. 
I did have a question on the money thing, just because yeah. you're yeah. into it too. Uh, when they talk about like a digital dollar, mm-hmm. like how shitty would that be? And I and I say yeah. it just for the fact of like because when you mention, hey, I can give you this money, but I can program it, and you can only buy yeah. these things with right. it. I think that would be like the worst fucking thing ever. I mean, it 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 exists already in food stamps, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like the government can tell you, okay, I'll give you this money, but you can only use it on X, Y, and Z. And in some ways, I you know, it's arguable is that good or bad. But the reality is, is that maybe the government shouldn't be the one handing out the money or or handling even the money. Right. I mean, because then it's like a class system, essentially. You can buy this, but you can't buy that and you can't buy that. That's a shitty thing to go on. Exactly right. Which is why the idea of the cryptocurrency is to keep these things decentralized and anonymous. Right. So it's like it's anonymous trust. I don't need to know who you are. I don't need to know what you do for work. I don't need to know how much money you have. I know by using this cryptocurrency that you're going to receive what I give you and I'm going to receive what you give me. It's that simple. And then I'll ask one last question and we'll talk about your shit again. Um, Cause I'm just curious. The, uh, the FTX dude, <laughs> Sam Bankman. Yeah. So I had, um, I'll, I'll let you just go first. I've yeah. had a bunch of people on. No, here, here's the, here's the bottom line is that cryptocurrency is, is an amazing technology. Now, some people have had, uh, advanced experiences with that technology and had been able to do some amazing things. But anything that you can do bad with money, with physical dollars, you can probably do a hundred times or a thousand times faster and bigger with digital currency. Because his stuff's bigger than Bernie. Yeah. And that's why is because ultimately, you know, there are bad people who do bad shit. That's just always going to be the case. It's not the technology's fault. The te- technology actually works really well. And, and if, if people were reasonable and logical, they would have said, like, hold on. How is this guy, you know, able to do all of this and, and basically lend out that same, not only lend out that $5 that he borrowed to 10 different people, but you know, ultimately, there's this concept of rehypothecation, which means that you take something and then you use it as collateral to buy something else, right? You buy a house with collateral um, that you have some money in the bank. But if you go and spend all that money in the bank or you just bought that, you just borrowed that money for a period of time so that you can prove to the mortgage company that you have it as collateral, then you're not, you don't really have it. Right. I mean, so, and this is what happens in crypto is that this same $5 gets rehypothecated a hundred, a thousand times, but when it comes time to pay the piper and you don't have it. Cause you essentially lent it all out, but mm-hmm. you lent it out yeah. at scale. Like it's not like you physically lent it out. Yeah. Yeah. And so what he did was he, and I, I'm, I don't want to profess to be an expert on this, but ultimately what he did was, number one, he borrowed a lot of actual money, dollars, from a lot of different uh, people that, or banks, institutions. Then he took that money and put it into his own token. Basically, he, he minted a token of his own. and he, Juice, Juiced it up juiced it up right so now saying like okay well i put a hundred thousand dollars into it but i'm gonna call it worth a million right and as long as there's demand for that then 
you know, call it a million, fine. But at the point when somebody says, hold on, let's see if we can sell this, which is what CZ, the guy who um, owns uh, Binance did, um, he was like, well, hold on, let's see how much we can sell this for. And probably because he, he caught on, he caught on to what Sam Bankman was doing and said, hold on, let's, let's try and get rid of some of this and said, holy shit, it's not worth a million. It's only worth 10,000. And, um, when you, you know, when, when push comes to shove like that and it actually hits the market and you see what something is actually worth, that changes the whole game. And so that's kind of where Sam Bankman's house of cards came falling down. But the, the bigger thing that, that, I think we need to learn from this is like, you know, people who trusted this guy, people who politicians who this guy essentially bought. That's um, what I'm saying. How is he not in prison like day one? Well, I mean, he's not in prison because we have this due process, right? So we have Bro, he's got to go. He's he's definitely got to go. He's definitely done a lot of bad shit that that. you know, is going to come back to haunt him. But in his mind, you have to realize, like, what happens is a function not just of um, whether this person is a bad person or not, and I'm not defending him in any way, but you have to understand that we all operate in this collective knowledge uh, sort of ecosystem. So when you're driving down the highway and all the cars are going 70, you're going 70. Are you breaking the speed limit? Technically, yes, but everybody's going 70. Well, if everybody's borrowing millions of dollars at zero interest, then it's not really considered crazy until somebody comes back and says, okay, we got to collect that money now. Well, hold on. You can't collect it yet. Well, why not? You know, um, I borrowed it for five years. It's only been three years. Yeah, but there's this stipulation that if in three years the, you know, um, interest rate grows to 3%, then you have to pay at least 20% back. Oh, well, can't do that. Oh, well, if you can't do that, then we can't do this. And then the house of card comes down. Yeah. And it's like a domino effect. So, again, I'm not trying to defend the guy or anything. He's, he's a douche. But, but he does what a lot of people do. But he does what a lot of people do, and he Just, was operating in an environment where everybody was playing loose. Everybody's having sex with each other in the 70s, or you know, and then it's like AIDS comes out, and it's like, holy shit, we shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Well, it's literally like, <clears throat> and again, if the, if the returns are good or if everything's going good, people don't question it, which is super crazy to see. The Bernie Madoff, same thing, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, and this is, you know, people people trust people. Um, and again, this is where I think blockchain can have an immense value is that you don't have to trust people. You could look at their records. You can see what they've done. But if we continue to have this like, you know, there are thousands of different types of tokens out there. So if you can take one and then transact with another and you know, move things around a hundred times, then how do you know whether it's legit or not? How do you know it's there to stay? And if you had a guess, like, do you think the money goes that way? Like digitally? I think that the, the country will not be successful in trying to release its own cryptocurrency. I think something, a country like China can. Because they have control. Because they have full control. And they have um, essentially, you know, 
a monopoly on information. Yeah. Um, but in a place like the United States where we don't, it's not likely to be very successful because of what you mentioned, the, the classism that it creates. Yeah. Right? You can buy this, but you can't buy that. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that shit always interests the hell out of me. I think we bore Irina's asleep <clears throat> now. We need to whip No, it's um well because like but <laughs> I'm being texted about tennis pickup right now. That's but you got but you guys you build your stuff like on this. Yeah. Essentially. Yes. That's yeah. all it works. Yes. Yeah, because it's look, the technology is is amazing. It it really has advanced to the point where we, we without looking at which technology it is, whether it's you know Bitcoin or Ethereum or Cardano or something else. Do you have a favorite? I'm just curious. Um, yeah, so I have <laughs> a favorite, and um, so I, I I will say that um, from a technological perspective, I think Cardano is the most advanced cryptocurrency platform that exists, and I was lucky enough to sit with the founder, who was also a founder of. Um, Ethereum, um, but um, sit with him, interview him, yeah, and really pick his brain about something. And like, do you just use it for the tech part? Do you invest in it, or what do you do? So I don't invest much in it. I mean, I think that it's um, silly not to invest in it at all because there is um, the ability, there is the expectation that it is going to increase in value, specifically. The more you uh, people use it, the, the more adoption. demand there are, there is. Right, the more yeah. it's adopted, um, the m more value it will have. Um, I would r much rather invest in our own technology and our own tokens that are built on top of that yeah. um, than somebody else's because I think our technology, you know, obviously we're betting on ourselves for sure. Um, but yes, we are certainly, um, you know being um f financially responsible by uh not putting all of our eggs in one basket um but i don't like to get into a place where you know i tell people like buy this <clears throat> don't buy that i would just say that from a technology does it doesn't pan out real great for most people no no and from a technology perspective i can just say that i think um Cardano is the most advanced technology based on my, you know, and I haven't done extensive um, analysis, but for my analysis, um, it's the one that will allow us to operate in an environment where we don't have the rehypothecation that we have in many other platforms, meaning that... Not as much fuckery. Not as much fuckery, right? Yeah. You can't borrow it from one person and then lend it out to five, um, but... Um, the reality is, is that I don't know that we will in the short term or maybe even ever get the, to the point where that will reach major adoption. Meaning in order for something to reach major adoption, there has to be a, an understanding of the use cases and the ability to implement it. And what that means is that let's say Cardano is the technology that allows us to operate everything and track everything from, you know, produce. So you have producers of wheat, you have producers of chocolate, you have producers of uh, tomatoes, you have production of all kinds of things, corn, right? And then all of these things get harvested. And then once they're harvested, they have to be stored in warehouses. And then once they go out to distribution. So let's say Cardano is the currency that allows us to do that, because I think it is. I think it is the one that is um, 
developed enough to the point where you can track that same dollar from the point when it's been invested in putting the seeds into the ground to the point where we're eating it at our kitchen table yeah and not counting any of those dollars twice which is the problem with a lot of these other systems that's where cardano is will we ever get to the point where society is like shit this is a problem we need to make sure that we don't count every dollar twice or 10 times right because that's what it would take in order for the Sam Bankman shit never to happen, right? Yeah. Because if he can't take that same ten dollars and and say that it's a hundred and lend it out ten times, doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. So um, maybe these sorts of instances, maybe th- like shit will hit the fan bad enough so that sometime in the next six to nine to twelve months, somebody's gonna say like, wait a minute, there is technology that can prevent this, but it's it's you know. It requires us using X, Y, or Z. Um, in the interim, I think that Ethereum is um, the technology that is allowing us to bridge the gap. Um, and it may advance to the point where it can do everything uh, that Cardano can do from a perspective of um accounting is really what it comes down to. There's this technical concept of um, the accounting model versus the EUTXO model, which which basically is just a technical question of how you count that dollar. When does it get counted? Is it you know counted on transaction or when it's sitting in the bank? Can you use that more than once? Ultimately, that question may get solved by Ethereum, but the beautiful thing about Ethereum is that it's open source. So any system can be built using the ethereum engine which is like the the ethereum operating system think of it like ios or windows or mac os yeah it's just an operating system but you can anyone can use that for free to run their own network and many different organiz not necessarily organizations but communities um, have set those up so there's uh, polygon like the one i mentioned that's what we use the to pay your people to pay mm-hmm. our people yeah um currently that's what we use we're just it's just the night uh people in nigeria at the moment right and, and, and why is that like it's just the easiest way to pay them um so transaction fees is the primary reason if you use ethereum mainnet each Ethereum, depending on what it costs, costs $1,500 one day. It could cost $4,500 yep. the next day. The reality is is that's great from an investment perspective for people who are banking on it. And maybe a lot of that is driven by people passing around NFTs, like tr- transact- transacting NFTs. Yep. But that creates a high, um, what's called a gas fee, which yep. is the tax that you pay. So ultimately, the transaction fees, the transaction taxes, if you will, are very high on Ethereum. Um, if we're paying folks in uh, Nigeria, let's say 20 bucks, um, it doesn't make sense to pay 10 or $15 tax. The transaction costs on um, the Polygon network are less than a dollar. Okay. So we can, you know, sometimes less than a penny. So ultimately we can transact in much larger volume with lower dollar amounts and not have to be concerned about the transaction fees. That's typically what's going to dictate which platform we use. But there's others like Arbitrum um, and like StarkNet that will give you that op- that that optionality as well. 
He just tripped a bunch of people out. Good. Like, what the fuck is this dude even talking? You've been in this yeah. for a while then, huh? Yeah. So how did you get into the, like the AI stuff then for the like for the app? Because that's, yeah. that's the part like not everybody like I can't just go on today and do hey man let me go to chat you know GPT and like mm-hmm. do my Jeremy Scott Fitness shit right. Well, what people need to realize about Chat GPT and it's a phenomenal technology um, is that it has been in the works for many years, and some of those years were years that I um, had access to this technology before the general public. OpenAI as a company, as an organization that has built this technology, has basically been very um, cautious about whom it gives access to this technology for. And why is that? Because people can fuck with it? People can do very bad shit with it. I mean, the reality is is, is, um, humans are are quite... um, Got some shady people out there. Well, it's not just that some people are bad. The The point is is that you can virtually convince any human of anything. And um, if people didn't learn that during the Holocaust, that like good, ordinary, normal people can be convinced that another set of people um, are, you know, scum and yeah. worse than, uh, you know, pests and need to be killed in mass numbers, sent to, to to gas chambers and, and, and murdered in a brutal way. And you have average everyday Joes that like maybe he would be a plumber, you know, otherwise, but today because of um, what he's been convinced of. He believes it. He believes it. And now he's a murderer, right? I mean, it's like, so ultimately humans are fallible. We, we have a very low um, tolerance for, um, you know, objectivity and, and using our brains in a way where, where we're really, I mean, it, it comes back to that group mind thing, right? Where it's like, we're all going 70, so this is okay. It's Well, it's like you get convinced of everything. It's like our, everything, well, I always say everything's made up. Like yeah. everything's fake, dude. Like when you start to understand like the markets, right? Yeah. It's it's fake. It's yeah. fake. Yeah. Like, oh, you have a mortgage. I'm like, this shit's all... Like, when I first moved here, right? Like, I always thought if you were, like, rich, mm-hmm. you owned all your shit. Right. And then I moved here, and I'm like, oh, some of you guys have jets, and you're really rich, and yeah. some of you guys are, like, fake rich. Right. You don't really own anything. You're right. just as broke as the trailer park guy. Your scale is just bigger. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, these mortgages are fake. Like, all this stuff... I mean, they're real. Well... But it's all, it's a game we all bought into. Like, you yeah. don't really own it. The bank owns it. You're just renting it from the bank instead of renting it from this guy, and eventually you might rent to own. Like, that's how my brain and, sees and, it. And the thing is, if you listen to anyone who, like, any legitimate um, people who are trying to help others break out of poverty or do more with their lives or become rich, like Robert Kiyosaki, you know, one of the first people that I, Irina introduced me to Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, this is 21 years ago, when, um, yeah. when we were on our honeymoon and she's like, okay, you know, if we're going to spend the rest of our lives together, you need to read this and thank God she did. But you'd listen to the guy and he, he, you know, to this day says that you don't want to own things. You want to, you want debt. You want to use debt to your advantage. Right. And this is essentially what we're doing in this world is using debt to our advantage. And those of us that know how to use that can have nice homes and, you know, all these things as long as we can sustain that. Um, But those that don't know how to use debt 
don't have shit, <laughs> right? And and there are plenty of people who we grew up knowing, especially in our society and our culture of immigrants. Um, you have to understand in the Soviet Union, you couldn't own shit. There was no ownership. There was like the government gave you this. Okay, well, you had that. If you had four people in your family, the government gave you a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah. If you had six people in your family, the government gave you a two-bedroom apartment. Right. So it's like government gives you and then anything else that exists is spread among the people or retained just for the, the oligarchs. Right. So when people came to America and they made a few bucks, a lot of people in our culture said, I'm going to go buy a Mercedes. Like, OK, you're you're you know, you can't afford to buy a house. You're, you live in a studio apartment or you live with your parents, but you drive a Mercedes. Why? Because you figured out how to pay the mortgage payment, the um, lease payment okay. for, you know, a couple of months. And um, a lot of those things didn't turn out very good. But um, ultimately, <coughs> this is the thing is that, you know, when you have the ability to use debt, then you can leverage that we all just believe in this system that's yeah. just kind of set up and that's why you're like you can't let the ai be just given to anybody because it could convince people to do god knows what yeah yeah i mean especially if it's like okay well you know have the ai figure out a way to write mm -hmm. let's say a um loan application so that it never gets rejected Right. I mean, there are all kinds of. And it could do that relatively quickly. Oh, yeah. It could do that in a matter of minutes and a thousand times over again with very little replication from one to the other. That's that's what AI can do. So how do you get access to it? Um, so we got access to it by asking nicely, um, <laughs> put a nice video up on YouTube saying, this is what we're looking to do. We're Soviet refugees. We came here without language. We want to use this technology to be able to give to people who are either refugees or just visitors. We want to give everyone access to information. One thing you have to realize is that information is not something that uh, is privileged, meaning that information can't be copywritten information cannot have intellectual property rights information once it's out there is just available to everyone equally and so if that's the case then we want everybody to have access to that information right when they need it which is when they're at a place where it's relevant for them so if you get to the dmv and you need to understand that um, you need to go to the right if you're renewing your license, go to the left if you're applying for a new license, and you don't speak the language, guess what? Listen Up should be that platform that can tell you that. It's not privileged information. It's not something you should have to pay for. You should just be able to get the information. And so we basically pitched that to OpenAI, and they um, thought we were you know, reasonable and, and could be trusted. And so we got access to this GPT program a little over a year ago and have been messing around with it since and using it to create these um, stories, essentially. Um, so like you just tell it to create a story? No. So there are things that the GPT is good at and things that it's bad at. Right now it's bad at facts. It's bad at, um, you know, it, it creates something called a knowledge graph, which tries to 
correlate information about things that are correlated, but sometimes those correlations are not correct. Like so, it's somebody made up some shit. Either somebody made it up or more likely than not, the computer correlated things that aren't really related because there are, you know, English is a pretty screwed up language when you think about like there are many words that sound the same, like uh, a building complex and a complex math algorithm or something like that, right? Yeah. Like why, why are they both called complex? Well, I don't know, but guess what? The computer now has to try and determine which one is the context, right? So the computer's not going to be perfect in doing that yet. Yet, yeah. and over time it will get better at that. But because of that, right now we're not relying on GPT for our information. We're relying on it for our um, explanation or storytelling. So what it's really good at, and what it was built for, the generative pre-trained transformer—that whole mouthful of words that GPT stands for—is to be able to take text. And formulate it in a way where it sounds like a human would put together in the form of a sentence or a paragraph. And that's what we use it for. So if we can take content from five or six different sources that are about a specific subject, those are our sources. That's where we're going to get the information. But the GPT is going to take that and make it into an interesting story. And it can do that amazingly. So, like, if I went to, like, a restaurant or something, like mm -hmm. me and my wife, two other people, and we all did it, essentially you would get, if you if I make it simple terms, like a mashup of what we did that night. Here was our experience or here's what the food was mm -hmm. or our review of it maybe. Does that make sense? Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it could be a mashup. I mean, ultimately, you know, you're getting to a point where... But it will sound like a person. It will sound mm -hmm. like Roger is telling some fucking story but it was really half of it was me and half of it was the guy from three weeks ago or something that's yeah. correct yeah the thing is we have to remember that listen up is not necessarily a factual uh app it's infotainment yeah a lot of this information is interesting it's storytelling a lot of it is factual we are getting this from historical um textbooks and stories from troop uh history experiences facts, exactly but it's still infotainment is the and, and the reality the is. is is that we learned today that you know when when you and I were kids we probably assumed that facts are facts right like you heard about something and it was like oh well this is a fact okay so that means that it's true these days facts are not facts facts can be alternative facts well now facts i think everything's fake right until they prove <laughs> right? it right exactly yeah. exactly so we i thought wrestling was real bro Oh, and I found, everybody did. I found out. Everybody did. I grew did. up watching Glow. Are you kidding me? Like, I thought it was man. all real. Oh, my God, dude. So sad. Yeah. Macho Man Randy Savage is not really a, a savage, it turns out. So. You know, it was all bullshit. Yeah. So, but this is, that's kind of the, the reality we live in is that we can't, you know, we're not going to be the uh, the ones to say what is and isn't fact or what is and isn't true. We're just going to share the story and let people do their own research. And like when I think of it, when I if you explain it to me and I'm a gorilla in a warehouse, so what do I know? Like I just hear it like, okay, like it'd be like a better version of like Yelp for businesses. Like if I was to use, I think no offense to Yelp, I think it sucks. Yeah. Um, they're full of shit. Um, sorry, anybody who works for Yelp. Uh, I just don't. It's a shit system. Here's your reviews, but it's not really reviews. If you pay us, we'll do this, and it seemed it was trash. This is a faster, better way for me to hear about something. Because I don't want to read 40 reviews. I mean, I can't, yeah. too. 
But if you listen, to, is that how you, like it, you guys it's think one, of it? Yeah, it's one way to think of it. I mean, the the in terms of like Yelp or any other platform that's out there, um, many of them, especially Yelp, are ones that you know we've been working with for fifteen plus years. Um, we used to own a cafe in Chicago, uh, and Yelp was you know just coming out at that time, and and it was hard to do what Yelp did, right? I mean, they, they changed the entire landscape of restaurant reviews. It used to be you'd only read a review in a newspaper or something like that, and there was one person's opinion, and now you get a thousand people's opinion. So, yeah, maybe that's better, but guess what? There still are some things left to be desired there. There's still some yeah. drawbacks to, you know, yeah, one person had a bad experience, and then the whole fucking place is a piece of shit because isn't it weird know, though like make you can go to mcdonald's 800 times and people yeah. will keep fucking going and it can be terrible a thousand yeah. you go to like you know el choro once and you're like oh it sucked and yeah. now you hate the place i'm like Bro, right how crazy is and that? it's mm-hmm. because it was like their first day and they the staff didn't know the menu yet and the you know the chef called in sick and it's like you don't know what the fuck happened but that the, really can screw up your restaurant and then you leave future. that review and uh-huh. it just i mean for us Knock on wood, we have 400 Google reviews, all yeah. five stars. But I know, I'm just waiting for the day uh, where like Jeremy fucking sucks. Well, how many pl- bots are out there well, right now that can easily go in and <clears throat> screw up any restaurant? Yeah, or a competitor or whatever. Exactly. I mean, it's like anything can be bought these days, right? Yeah. So the reality is, is we'd like to think of it as a system where people can tell their stories. And if people appreciate those stories, those stories get elevated. If businesses appreciate those stories, they can elevate those stories with... Uh, promotion of them. That's how the ecosystem runs. I wanted to express how we, um, the monetization value, I guess, how advertisers can actually advertise with us. How, yeah, local how does businesses, it make, I care how about it, it makes make money. money. <laughs> we kind of care about that too. Like my mastermind coach always would say, he's like, that's super cool, dude. But how does it make money? It was the, num- so it was the number one question. Mm-hmm. One of the main things that we can do that really nobody else can do is hyper local mm-hmm. advertising. The small mom and pop shops can truly go onto our system and create their own advertising for people that are within a block or two. I mean, these are penny businesses. They really don't have a lot to work with. So whatever pennies they put towards their advertising should truly count. So when we say hyper local and stories, we don't want you to tell us that you're selling uh, t-shirts or you're giving us a deal on a burger. We want to know your story. What makes that what makes you in your community unique? Why did you start this business? What inspired you? What do you do for the community? How do you help, you know, the rescues, animal rescues? What do you do? So that truly doesn't feel like an advertisement. It's getting somebody that is in that area to get to know the community better and get to know the business better. And then when you already have that relationship or you feel like you have a relationship because you already know about this business, you're going to walk in. You're going to want to patronize it. You're going to want to actually spend your dollars there if you truly feel like they are helping the community and you want to help them as well. So the goal would be like if you have a business, you just get on the platform. Yeah. Yep. And, and you, you tell just, your story. We have different apps for everything. So we've got Listen Up is the main app. Yeah. If you just want to be a user, just plug it in, turn it on, have your Bluetooth open, walk around and enjoy it. you want it, to be go a thermometer. It. Yeah, But if you want to actually be a thermostat and truly create um, other people's experiences and share your stories, we've got Tor Record, all one word. It's on the Apple Store. It's on Android as well. You can go on Tor Record, press a button, 
tell us your story. It doesn't matter what language you're in. You can tell us anything. It doesn't matter how well the, the story has been Because the AI will fix exactly. it for you. Exactly. So yeah. that's exactly You can walk it. around, drive around, bike around, however Whatever you want. Whatever you want. If you're jogging, if you're hiking camelback, Add talking. photographs. Yep. And just hit the button. It comes to us. We take care of the rest. And then the advertisers, we have a separate, your ad here, H-E-A-R. Uh, dot com. Dot com right now. I'll have you get, do you guys have... Um, you all of you text me all the links before you go, sure, so I course. put it in the show notes. Of course, because like for if you're like a local coffee shop or you're like whatever, it just mm-hmm. seems like, and not that you wouldn't, you're not di- you're not gonna you're not competing with these other things. Like they can all be integrated together. Yeah, wouldn't that make sense? Yep. Well, especially if you're thinking about it hyper locally. So it's like you may be in a neighborhood where there are a bunch of things going on, but you know none of them are really competitive. They're all benefiting from the same economy yeah. right so it's like um we have we only have one ad right now that was kind of like a test because we just launched and it's for rolling rack boutique um do you know rolling rack boutique do i look like that's something I would no do? okay no no, <laughs> no fucking your, your wife might unless know. unless you were really good at buying gifts for your wife she might have broke um <laughs> i'm the worst of them <laughs> i am even worse than you i'm sure but she was one of the first ones that saw our vision and said hey yeah let me let, let me, me give you a it. story so she gave us 10 minutes of audio via instagram actually yeah. i just reached out to her and via audio she gave us 10 minutes and then we chopped it down into this this is Susie Diamond, owner of Rolling Rack Boutique. I always wanted to be a business owner. I went to college to study fashion and business. I started a career with banking, so I kind of ditched those dreams. My father was diagnosed with lung and brain cancer. Before he died, he made me promise that I would pursue my dreams. Within a week of his death, I resigned in my banking job and Rolling Rack Boutique was born. You will not find an aesthetic anywhere else that looks like ours. You're going to find gifts for your besties, your family that you will never be able to find anywhere else. We're really known for our graphic tees. We have a t-shirt for it all. And I always say buckle down and get ready to have fun. So we don't have to go through the entire but ad. That's, but, but that's really... the end part of it. She <clears throat> talks about how she impacts the community by who she gives to uh, where her. Yeah. I mean, and that's she really that's really her. That's really, really her. her. That's okay, the honor. Susie, yeah. And she's got several locations. And I don't think she even knows that we've been promoting her like this all over town every single time. It's just she was the first one that believed in us to, yeah. um, or she was, you know, thinking that, hey, why not try another way to and get then, to people? So she just, what do you got? Does she submit you guys like an audio recording or do you record her? Since so it's she, so new for you guys. Yeah, no, she, she just sent us voice messages. Voice messages. Like, That's it. We were like, hey, you know, tell us about where you are. Oh, I sent her a couple of questions. What inspires you? You know, why would you do this? What do you do for the community? And that was it. She came up with that. And then you just chopped it together. Chopped it to make it sound better. Because the phones are good enough to do that. Totally. Yeah. That's trippy, dude. And we didn't need to use her voice. We could have done AI for that as well. But I think it's better. Of course it is. It's like when you listen to an audio book. You feel like you already know her business. You feel like if you're, and she's only advertising to the people literally within a block or two of where her business is located. Because where is she at? Old Town? Old she's town, got a lot of locations. She's got some in Tempe, I think. And yeah. By the horse but, but yes, this is, but, we're, we're working at the Old Town but right now. She, this, her voice will only work obviously in English, but we have 25 languages that we can cater to. Oh yeah. It's always trust me on the people that listen to this somewhere else. Yeah. I'm like, you guys are so much smarter than me. Well, what if you're in Italy, right, and you're walking around, do you want to know about the gelato shop that's just like 
re on the main drag rehashing like no because the, they're dog shit exactly. exactly do you guys know you guys know rick steves yes of, of course. course that's how we go everywhere Whatever Rick Steve says, I'm like Rick's and Rick fucking knows. Rick knows. Rick 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 knows his shit and I'm I'm glad that you brought up Rick Steves because we're <laughs> gonna have to tag him in the post to this uh, podcast. My will my wife and I call him Rick motherfucking Steve's because like every time we go, I'm like, dude, this little shithole spot he told us to go to, I'm like, this place is going to suck. And you go and I'm like, oh, this place is awesome, dude. Yeah, but that's where the good stuff is, right? So I, if they're recording their stories about how their, their family has been making the gelato for 150 years and the you know, recipes passed down from generation to generation. I would go there. Yeah, exactly. that's the place I want to go, right? Yeah. I, don't, I don't care where it is. It could be like, you know, third floor walk up and typically some, those are those places they're not exactly. in the best spots versus right. the ones that are right in the tourist commercial spot yeah. where you see it overflowing with gelato and it looks beautiful and you taste it. It tastes like shit. It sucked. Dude. Exactly. God, where was that? Where it was terrible. Sorrento. I was somewhere where it was just we. It was made for commercial purposes. It was made to look pretty, not taste good. Because there was these two Rick Steves ones we went to them. <clears throat> excuse me, and they were great. My wife's like, "Oh, let's try this one." I'm like, "Dude, I bet you it sucks." And we go in. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm like, it was just fucking terrible. And I'm like, yeah, dude. But like again, it's on the main drag, and you don't mm-hmm. know, and there's no story behind it. Yeah, I do think it'd be super helpful for that. Definitely. Yeah, that's cool. And I do think if you can use, it's like when you listen to a, like a podcast or something, or. Honestly, like any of the audio books I go, but we always frame it to young coaches who come to us and say, how do you sell stuff all over the world? I'm like, you have to imagine somebody who's listened to this podcast 500 times mm-hmm. or 100 times. Like when's the last time you gave someone money where you have no relationship to, you've never met, you've never talked to, and you're just going to give them dollars? Mm-hmm. Like we don't tend to do that. I'm like, but if you can hear their voice, you can hear their story, you can see them, you can like, it becomes like this relationship. You become connected. And this is kind of like what our whole app is about is allowing people to get connected to their places, to the locations that they go. You're not just walking around aimlessly like, you know, with watching TikToks about something else. You're here, you know, be in the moment, appreciate what's around you, learn about what's around you, engage in it. And you will have a much better connection to that place. And this is why I say I see the future of our economy being built in to operators, not these corporations that are kind of like driving everything is because you I don't like Starbucks may be consistent and Starbucks is fine, but Starbucks is probably going to have baristas for another four or five years right and then they're gonna do what mcdonald's is doing right it's like automate everything just automate everything okay you think so oh yeah oh, why not sure. it's why? a push of a button tell to begin me. with right now tell me why not <laughs> I, did, I did have a dude in here and they own like mcdonald's and they were saying like when people do order at the kiosks they actually order more food because mm-hmm. there's no like person in front of them so like there's no there we've even no guilt of ordering like way more than you want yeah. to or mm-hmm. need to or whatever. And he's like, so the sales are actually way better and we don't have to fucking pay anybody. Yeah. And, and I'm like, that's nobody's not coming in sick and nobody's canceling actually, on you last minute. You can't come into work. That's uh, awful to hear. I know. But listen, but this is the thing is that people, are, I think Starbucks sucks anyway. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. We, no, we, co- we, yeah, we do shop too. For five I mean, years in yeah. downtown Chicago. Yeah. We Starbucks are, is not good coffee. Let's be clear about that. But I'm still but a Starbucks if, customer because it's consistent and I know where right. I can get one down the street anywhere. It's the only place. And I hate it because like, it's the only place open at four 30. Yeah. When <laughs> exactly. I come here, I'll get like an espresso, but right. then I got to go to like mythical or echo or something. Yeah. Else it's also probably one of the few places where you can sit all damn day and not buy a single thing. 
thing and people will just be like, okay. Yeah, that is <laughs> you true. You know, use the bathrooms, whatever you want. But you think within five years there will be way less people working in the store? I think it'll be less people, yeah. I mean, maybe not five years, maybe it's 10. But the reality is, it's is that it's coming. it's coming. And ultimately, you know, as the, the friction goes away, the, what you're talking about, these humans, they're friction, right? They're They're keeping people from getting what they want or getting it the way they want it you know if if anybody fucks up an order it's it's the human it's not the computer that messed up the order right so ultimately yeah these people are going to be taken out of this equation and people constantly say like oh my god well ai is totally going to take away like all of our jobs right like if i can just walk up to a kiosk and be like yeah let me have a big mac with blah 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 blah. like you could speak it and then it gets your order right every single time and you didn't have to pay an employee for that time then from the business's perspective it really does make sense but that also implies that people may lose their jobs a lot of those jobs are going to go away but there are going to be other jobs that people may have to go to. I mean, nobody goes to school to work at McDonald's, right? So True. it's not like you're like, oh, God, this person went to school for four years to get a degree in McDonald's, and now we're taking away their job. No, they're working at McDonald's because, you know, that's what they're capable of doing. Well, maybe that person is going to have to be capable of, you know, something in agriculture or something in another area of society that we need help with that that robots can't do well it changes too like it all all of it i have a guy here he's a finance guy and he's a tax advisor we had him on the podcast mm-hmm. he's in vegas and some of his biggest clients do only fans mm-hmm. yeah which mm-hmm. wasn't even a thing before yeah and he goes he was telling the story <clears throat> i forget the dude i think he's a dude he was like a porn star and he's crushed it but he wants to get out of it but a lot of people have took screenshots and done whatever, and they have all this stuff, and he wants to get rid of it. Well, it's like illegal to do that when it's like the private content. So, like places like Reddit and stuff will easily mm-hmm. take it down because they don't give a shit. Yeah. But now they have law firms that basically just create the search bots to go around and find those things to basically just set. My point is, is that that law firm didn't do that before. Right. That created an entire new job. Mm-hmm. My dude Pat never had any people from OnlyFans before. That mm-hmm. created an entire new economy. Yeah. Which I believe it was the number two e-commerce site in the world last year, next to Amazon. Scary. Which is fucking nuts. Yeah, it's like that's five, scary. Bi- like five billion. Ugh. And they pay creators eighty percent, so they made a billion dollars profit yeah. by just being the Uber of whatever you do on OnlyFans. Yeah. But my point is, is that that's the you're not the kiosk. You just do something. You just do something else. I'm not saying do OnlyFans if you work at McDonald's, but like <laughs> there's a there's just yeah. A, that's that's the only option you have. Yeah. If you're working at McDonald's right now, just OnlyFans. Dude. OnlyFans. But it is weird to hear. Like I never knew that was a thing for him, and he's giving them tax advice, like you know, treating them like pro athletes because mm-hmm. a lot of those careers aren't going to last for 50 years. Yeah. And, but then now there's a law firm that does it, and there's little things that come off of that, like that, the name, image, likeness stuff. So yeah. it's basically yeah, it's your identity. I mean, yes, the scary thing is that now we have the ability to create new people that are that don't require licensing. Hey bro, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. So like, if you're, I'm gonna be old and I'll be rich enough, so it doesn't matter. Um, like when this is done, you know, like you just create a fitness guy, right? Who's like me, yeah, but better looking and aesthetically just as as pleasing, if not more so. Yeah, and he doesn't swear. He doesn't have all my fucking bullshit, and he never gets older. He never gets tired. And it's yeah. like he says all the things I want to say, and it's just like boom. Yeah. 
I mean, it, it's definitely doable, right? I mean, yeah. we're, we're... And same um, thing for females and, and anything else. Yeah, but the thing is, is that those people will, will become open sourced, right? So it's like, oh, you know, is like, okay, I'm going to go work out with Jeremy. Okay, well, Jeremy is, you know, an avatar and he's available to everyone. He's available to, you know, your fitness enterprise and Nike can use Jeremy and like anyone can use Jeremy because that's, you know, the model that we've created and yeah. that's fine. But the difference is, is that before, you know, Mickey Mouse could only be used by Disney and you would have to license Mickey Mouse from Disney. Now, if you've taken away the barrier of the initial cost, or let's say there's a different model where it's like, instead of the stories coming from, you know, that British guy that sounded like Robin Leach yeah. to Michael Caine. Yeah. yeah. To let's say, um, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice or, or, um, you know, but we wouldn't have to pay Arnold. We would just say, Hey Arnold, every time we sell, you know, a certain amount or we earn a certain amount from the use of your voice, we're going to kick back a certain amount of, in this case, probably tokens, but those tokens will have some value. Yeah. Then you have an established model where anyone can come out with anything. So I can come out with, uh, you know, Jeremy's tie bow without having to um, license you specifically in advance. But if we sell 5 million copies of Jeremy's tie bow, then you get your cut and it's a predefined amount, and it's something that's universally accepted, and you're like, I'm cool with that because I'm just chilling on the yacht here. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, there, the the creation of value is going to change the ability to um, identify where licensing um, is needed is going to change. If computers are able to come up with all these things, then you know, how are humans going to be able to claim rights or ownership to them? Um, so, you know, it's like you could you could literally go to ChatGPT now and be like, okay, take uh, Mickey Mouse, uh, you know, Donald Duck, um, you know, Dora the Explorer, and somebody else and, you know, mash up a new type of... Make it awesome. Make it, make it awesome. Make a new cartoon character for me and describe them to me and, and tell me the words they would say and come up with a catchphrase and like, okay, Within done. Within seconds. Yeah. And I'll give you not just one, but I'll give you a thousand iterations of that. So you pick the one you like the best. I mean, that's going to get real weird, huh? Um, it may or may not. I mean, right now the reality is you're watching things on Netflix and uh, you watch Money Heist. Uh, it's the, a Ben... Stiller? No, Money Heist is... Um, oh, no, no, it's like a real... Spanish, show. yeah. The, I've it, seen the clip of it. Okay, seen it. so it, it doesn't matter. We, we don't need to promote it. Tower Heist, I think, is the Ben Stiller. Yes, yes. That was yeah. a good one, actually. <laughs> um, anything Ben Stiller's good. But So Money Heist is a Spanish, uh, Spain-originated uh, show, and basically the idea is that they you know, come into the central bank and they steal all this money, but they're really... Um, they really have the people behind them, they, meaning the populace is the community is supporting them because they have good virtues. So anyway, um, you know, that's a show where we listen to it with English voiceovers and okay, virtually tough for me. Yeah, it's tough for me, too. And the thing is, it's the a mouse great... don't match, dude. Exactly. Me nuts. Exactly. It's like those old, uh, you know, Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee yeah. films where it's like you threaten my father. 
it's now prepared pain. to die. It's painful. Right. And so it's, um, the reality is that now the technology exists where we can make the mouths match the speaking through AI. And so if you take away that element of, you know, that's Ooh. difficult and that's that many more people who are able to now enjoy this and watch it. And, you know, that's the thing is that once we once we start blurring these lines of, you know, well, which actor played it well okay what if i can just use samuel l jackson's voice dude see how, what time are you guys getting out of here pretty soon we're fine actually now <laughs> um i fucked your day up huh no no no. no, no, no i got people picking up and dropping off that's what i'll I was... make this i'll make it quick we're good because i want to just ask this the deep fake shit yeah how, how like obviously well two questions quick one in college you just be able to cheat your ass off 100 mm-hmm. percent. Mm-hmm. like that there's no getting around it. Yeah, I mean, you can't. Yes, you can have this thing write essays for you, and the reality is, is that there's a, te- a there's teacher a, can't decipher that. Not yeah. right now. I mean, I can. So here, here's the thing. Um, I constantly hire people on line on websites to do various things <laughs> for me, right? Whether it's programming or writing content or whatever. Um, and so there's these freelance websites which you go to and you post the job and. Um, so what I do is I post specific questions and when I get the responses, usually, you know, it could be anywhere from like 10 to like 30 responses, but when the response comes back and they've all responded to my questions in almost the same exact way, citing the same like places that like when someone friends you on linkedin and they send you a message in mm-hmm. 10 yeah. fucking seconds same thing yeah, yeah. and and you're like okay this is like a merge right like a mail merge this is like it's a canned bot. it's a bot this is canned shit yeah. so you can tell when something's canned and in that way there might be nuances that you can detect in people's responses you know um so in aggregate if you if you get 10 of these papers from a kid yeah or you, you then could, Right. Maybe similarities. Tell. Yeah. Okay. If three people, I would say like, let's say you have a class of 30 people and like seven people use chat GPT to get the answer, they would probably, you could tell, right? Because okay. you'll be like, hold on. Seven of these are kind of like telling the story in a similar way. They might not be using the same words, but they've got consistencies across them. So you can tell. But if the student went through that paper and said... Well, hold on. Let me change this into my own words and my own verbiage and using my own feel. Then you probably couldn't. And I would argue that student learned what you wanted them to learn. Like that was the whole point of the assignment was to learn. Right. And so it's like, like I mentioned before, if you're, if you're not like, if you're using a calculator, that doesn't mean you're not going to learn how to do math. So it's just a tool. We have to learn how to adjust and assimilate our society to the tools. Well, the education piece too, just because I think I'm not a, obviously I went to college, I got all those degrees and shit and I cheated like everybody else. Um, I don't know why I would have to learn a lot of that shit mm-hmm. if I can just, and again, I didn't have, when I'm in high school, it's like ask Jeeves. Right. Like it's in itself. Right. right. It wasn't yeah. cool. You're dating yourself, dude. Yeah. But like, you know, like <laughs> but then when you get older, I'm like, okay, well, I can just Google this shit. Yes. So why am I having to learn 
like what a fucking parallelogram is or what like the ele- like what gold is on the periodic element chart that seems worthless to me i can google it in 10 seconds i'm that's wasting right. time here that's right and and the the point is is that maybe you're not learning what gold is or you're not learning that it's like au but you're learning how to learn and this is what i think is really important about school is that it's it's more important to learn how to learn and learn how to research than it is to actually learn the information yeah. because yeah it's the resourcefulness of it exactly. whether you so We've this had is a high school student that's looking at colleges and I'm like you're just going to learn how to learn you don't it's okay whichever and major party. you choose learn how to learn and party I'm pretty sure she knows how to do that already but yeah. <laughs> um, depends where you go is it ASU because it seems we don't know. we're a junior we right now. I don't yeah, know. We've got just... time, but yes, probably. Yeah. No, but here's the thing is that ultimately it doesn't matter if you're if if what you need to be successful in the future is to know how to give GPT prompts, which are what you call the input. Yeah. You need to know how to ask it questions. You need to know how to present information to it to get the right output. That's you learning how to use the system. And that's much more valuable than you, you know, necessarily writing a a paper on To Kill a Mockingbird. No, I agree, because we would joke, like, with my parents are pretty good. Uh, me and my wife's aren't as good. Like, dude, just learn how to use the phone. Yeah. Hey, where do you guys live? Where do we live? You just, act, the phone would tell you where to go. It's just And the, like the, the fighting the GPS. Yeah. Well, no, no, I know a better way. No, no, it's not wrong. Yeah. You're not going to beat the minutes. Do you know the traffic? <laughs> yeah. Like it, it literally, in, especially if it's like Waze or something, like uh-huh. in real time, mm-hmm. like it's there. So, because your stuff is like Waze, right? Very, very similar oh, I in think many ways. If yeah. you guys don't use Waze when you drive, like I think it's. See, Waze was developed in Israel. We spent a full month in Israel this past year. No, no shit. Learning about the technology. Our child, our older child spent a semester doing an American high school program in Israel. So she. We went there with her, um, yeah, but we were there learning more about the technology and the advancements that they have there. I mean, it's an amazing country with amazing technological advances that and are And I could tell you that had Waze been something that was developed in the UK or Germany or here, it, would, it wouldn't have hit kind of the mainstream like it did because launching it in this little bubble in israel where the streets weren't necessarily all perfectly mapped out and it's like a lot of you know ad hoc type of um pathways that you can go or routes that you can take ultimately that led to this situation you know the ingredients for that technology to um be as great as it is but it's the users that make it great right it's the people that say well, there's a cop right there. Let's let everybody on ways know. Yeah. That's what makes it powerful. And so. Or is that accident still there and you get a button exactly. and then they exactly. give you like. I don't even, How does the points work? Because <clears throat> I get points on ways well, for something. Points don't mean shit. I mean. But I think reality, it's cool when it happens. It's anyway. cool when it happens and we would like for the points to be more valuable. Yeah. And. Like that's where listen a, up comes in. Yeah, right. send me a couple bucks. Or yeah, something. and well, maybe and maybe that's the next version of Waze. I mean, Waze is owned by Google and Google. Bought, oh no shit. Yes, I didn't know that. Yes, and Google bought Waze um, to basically kill it, but it realized that it was much better than Google Maps, and yes. so it's not going anywhere. 
an Uber driver told me about it a long time ago. She's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, you got to use Waze. And I'm like, what is that? And I put on, I'm like, yeah, this yeah. is way better. Well, we would like Uber drivers to tell you about Listen Up because, frankly, they're driving around all day oh. in places they have no idea what's around there, and they're driving people who don't know what's around there. You have to explain the community aspect of Listen Up because that's one of our biggest things. Yeah, I mean, basically, when I say that it's important to have humans involved in this, and and we use the word community a lot, because ultimately, we want to give people value. We want to allow them to be, as we say, thermostats and be able to input into the system. Um, So we have created uh, a channel on a tool called uh, Discord. Discord which is oh, yeah, yeah, I know Discord. Yeah, so any gamers know Discord, people who are into crypto generally know Discord. I got kids here that Twitch and do all this mm-hmm. fucking yeah, weird stuff. Yeah. Um but the the thing is is that you can use that platform to have conversations and we use it to have conversations for our community. And sometimes we'll use it to bounce ideas off people or determine what we should focus on next. Um pretty soon in like a month and a half we're going to start our fundraising for this. Um, app from just friends and family and people March 15th March 15th is the current date but we're you know people we can trust and people who had good values and um, ultimately you know this is what we go to our community for is like hey let's let's figure out the next progression or what we need to create next in order to make sure that we're doing this the right way Um, because because you need people to make this thing go really you need people i mean the reality is you can do a lot with artificial intelligence yeah but it's going to lack if you don't have the human element and that's really what we're trying to do is say okay technology isn't the answer technology is the vehicle human communication and collaboration is the answer it's yeah, no, it's it shit trips me out, man. The more I think about it, but it makes like it makes perfect sense though. A lot of this, the token get token. I would love to go into it a little bit to explain to Jeremy the value that the creators are going to be able to make, as well, well as the advertisers. Yeah, so this is this is kind of like bringing it back to the waste thing, right? Like you see those points go up, and you yeah, know, what does that mean? Well, it means nothing. You've got you know, a hundred points. It's we a game. want it to mean something. It's a game. And the gamification of everything these days is something marketers love to play with because people love to play games, That's right? That's what we do, yeah. Um, but, you know, if you can take those games and actually make them valuable, so like with our contributors in Nigeria, for them it's, you know, they enjoy it. They love learning about places that are, you know, half a world away and have insane history. Um, but, they're benefiting because they can actually buy milk and bread with this, right? Yeah. And so if you can buy milk and bread, and obviously milk and bread and eggs cost more here than they do there. We have higher uh, costs of living, but let's say, you know, instead of milk and bread being bought for you based on one story that you've submitted, um, you know, you've submitted 10 or you've um, done, done something on ways. Um, like you've told, you know, the app that the cop is still there. Like that may only be worth one one hundredth of, you know, an egg. But the day that you can get that, you know, something of value, something tangible yeah. with that 
is the day that you understand that there's an economy here. Yeah. And when there is an economy, there are things in the economy that are more valuable and less valuable. And all of those things are determined by people because ultimately like a story in Rome around the Colosseum may get a lot more uh, engagement than a story about, you know, a house in Scottsdale. Yeah. Um, but the more people that contribute to it and make that story better and better over time and improve it, the more value it has. And that value can be distributed among everyone who puts something in. So this is kind of a, it's, it's an ecosystem. It's a self-propelled economy. But the reason we want to utilize this is because we see it as a model for everything that comes forward. Like I mentioned before, you know, the gym is something that you operate, but, you know, should you have the burden of having to pay all the bills or having to know, um, you know, what software to run? Like, are you paying for software and do you continuously have to pay software? Well, things like software, like that ecosystem of, I don't know, say like Poshmark or any marketplaces, like they take a huge cut, sometimes 30%, sometimes 50%. Oh, yeah, like the App Store, yeah. ClickBank, you yeah. know, yeah. Uber, sometimes they take 60% from their drivers. No right? shit. Yeah, yeah. Oof, it's that's super rough. expensive. Um, but the reality is that if that driver could be part of that ecosystem and they're contributing to the economy, then technology is really easy to duplicate and replicate and what's going to happen is that those systems are going to get sucked up by cheaper you know better and entities that are owned by the people who make up the constituency of users so essentially like you would give people it's almost like I don't want to say profit sharing. That doesn't make sense, or does it? It does, but it's not profit sharing. I would say it's um, sort of. They're like, like a, everybody's an affiliate, kind of. Yeah, I mean the because the, they're promoting your shit in a way, even if they don't realize they're promoting it or they're making it better. Like, well, we do stuff like we have sponsorships and different things, and like we do lifetime on everything. So if we. Mm -hmm insert whatever company like they pay us basically in perpetuity until somebody doesn't buy that product anymore that's how we do it and it adds up when you do the numbers and it ends up being a shit ton of money mm -hmm. but we basically are, we're selling something essentially but you these guys don't have to sell anything they're just coming on the app and participating and being part of it and if you do it enough over time they can get rewarded for it exactly right which is where the cryptocurrency comes in and becomes very powerful is that it allows you to have economies that are independent of the government or you know that whole ecosystem of um you know employees and taxes and all these things because computers can do a lot of the work and if they can basically be the ones that are responsible you know if artificial intelligence or even just standard programs can be the ones responsible for making sure that certain things happen and checks and balances are in place then ultimately you can be part of an ecosystem that runs the entire, you know, your economy of whatever it is that you're, you know, your platform without having these outside uh, parties necessarily dictating terms or, or, you know, doing evil shit. 
What creates the value for the contributors then? The value for the contributor, it depends. But like if like if someone who's listening, they're like, hey, yeah. I'm going to go on here and what the hell has this dude been talking about? Yeah. And they're like, I'm going to tell a story about this park. Mm-hmm. Does it matter how long it is? 30 seconds, a minute, they can just ramble, talk shit? They could ramble. Again, the AI will take that and turn it into a minute regardless of what it is. Okay. Right? So, and maybe it'll be more than a minute if there's And they could, like somebody who's just like a psychopath could just do it all day. Like if they want to go to 20 different places and they just like to talk. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They could do it all day. I mean, again, there's some mechanism that sits in between them and the users that's going to well, yeah yeah because you'll you guys will take it and right. the end user gets right, the polished right, right. version but you that's get right. all the raw shit yes so if someone just like they love it this is their thing they just want to talk into the the ether mm-hmm. for an hour mm-hmm. which is sometimes what i do on the podcast essentially like over time if that becomes valuable because they do whether it's they they do it well or they go to popular places or who knows you guys will reward them in some way shape or form that's right okay yeah, and, and it's not just that they're contributing so they're getting rewarded. They're getting rewarded based on people appreciating what they're contributing, right? So it's like a YouTube influencer or TikTok or any other influ- influencer where they're contributing content. You know, if nobody watches it, they don't get any benefit. It's it's people seeing it, appreciating it, and saying, yeah, this is good, you know, or, hey, this could be a little bit better. And then that user is basically part of that ecosystem of contribution. Yeah. That's ultimately what we're trying to drive towards. Is so if it's like a physical thing, like you hike Camelback, you can mm-hmm. just talk about how much it sucks shit. You if can. that's your experience. You can. I mean, and hey. that might be useful to the next person because they're coming up and it's like, okay, look, this is a scramble up here. So maybe sit down, take five minutes, take a breather. Yeah. Don't, you know. And by the way, while you're sitting here, that house over there that has the red roof, that's owned by, insert Charles celebrity Barkley. here. Boom. Actually, yeah. Charles Barkley has a house right on. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. We see him at the gas station sometimes. Um, but advertisers eventually. Ultimately, advertisers want access to all of the. See how ecosystem. this works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can keep going. You just rein them in. Yeah. yeah. Um, rein them in. The advertisers, you know, want access to listeners. That's just the bottom line. And obviously, if they can be more targeted, like in a specific location or of a specific demographic or people who have, you know, the energy to climb Camelback probably, you know, are in decent shape. Um, Okay, so so you guys will basically you get the data essentially yeah and at some point we don't know who they are yeah but at some but you'll have like hey are we have x of money from my standpoint because this is what we do like you would come and say hey we have x amount of users here's where they live here's their you know sex if you have the information like the age whatever and i'm like do you guys want to advertise on this stuff yeah i mean we'd like for it to be more like you say hey or we say this guy runs five times a day right yeah or five times a week um, you know, doesn't do any weightlifting and you want to say, well, this dude really needs to lift some weights. Cause if all he's done doing is cardio, then, you know, his, 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 uh, physiology is out of balance. And basically when he can't run anymore, then he's going to be completely, you know, immobile because right now his conditioning is all coming from this. So, um, I'm not an expert on this. I'm yeah, just making shit saying. up. Yeah. 
Um, but ultimately, you may say, hey, I want to target that guy. I want to target people like that. I want to target people who don't get enough weight training or people who don't get enough cross training or people who, who you know, whatever it is. And, yeah. and yes, that's what we want to do is be able to make the targeting so direct because ultimately for you, it's going to be less expensive. If you're putting an ad on the radio, that might cost you fifty grand, and you're you're blanketing the whole city. It's like a billboard, trash. It's yeah, it's it's what do we call it? Spray and pray. Yeah, except like if when you go like spray and pray approach. You, yeah, when you can target and pixel, and you can just go nuance and nuance and nuance. Yeah. But how do you actually put that ad on to listen up? You have to purchase tokens from the contributors, the ones that spent all this time adding to our platform. So if you actually want to advertise, if you want to advertise Jeremy Scott Fitness, Fitness, you are going to have to buy tokens or be a contributor yourself and earn those tokens tokens and and use use your own tokens tokens. for advertising. That makes sense. There's value actually in that token. So how many, I mean, and again, like every ecosystem is different too, because I'm assuming like you'll do Scottsdale, then you'll do insert wherever this goes. Mm -hmm. This is our testing ground. This is our lab. If it crushes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Well. Where, where does it go then? Like from, like, what's the next step? If you're like, this is the initial, we just started it. How do, what is it? Do you have like a progression, like a timeline? Yeah, we have a, we have a roadmap. I mean, we don't necessarily. Well, dude, I don't know what I'm going to do next week. So no. Yeah. yeah. This might be over. Yeah. Well, um, I hope you stick around. I mean, yeah. it might be interesting. Um, but, you know, part of this is that we we're, we're building systems. So as long as you're building systems and this is another, you know, Robert Kiyosaki, um, kind of insight is that as long as you're building systems and not just doing work, you're making progress. And so that's what we're trying to do is build all of the systems that are necessary in order for something like this to be able to be done anywhere in the world without human intervention or, build the model for these things so that ultimately right now our constraints are obviously our time um, and you know our contributor basis time but also if we were to say deploy this all over the world which we could do theoretically you know the AI doesn't care where you are they can you know it can do research on any place but um, Scottsdale you know that's like a one one ten thousandth of the um, cities or or land masses that we would be covering, and the massive cost of data transfer of data storage, like it doesn't cost us much f- to just do Scottsdale and Phoenix. So we're okay paying for that. Irina and I can sponsor Scottsdale and Phoenix, right? But not the, not the whole U.S. I can't <clears throat> I can't the sponsor world. the whole world. Yeah. Or, or even the U.S. It's a, it, you know, a good point. Yeah. Um, so the cost of that is is tremendous, and so what we need to do is figure out a way to build in the economy so that it can scale to global scale without stress on us as founders or any of the initial contributors. And generally, that stress, that demand for money, is what fucks up the whole system because now you have to go to venture capitalists. What do venture capitalists do? They have limited partners whose money they have to invest and provide a specific return on investment. Always. And 
then, you know, their number one goal now is, okay, well, you have to generate this kind of revenue. And it's like, well, hold on. Whose interest is that in? Right. Is our community benefiting if we just generate this revenue and and maybe in order to generate this revenue, we have to buy or borrow some money. And this is exactly what happened a year and a half ago to two years ago is that all of these companies were like zero interest. Let's borrow money. Okay, let's borrow it. Well, we borrowed it. And now. You know, some of these things are coming due and it's time to pay the piper. And it's like, how many layoffs are happening right it's now? It's like, oh, oh, shit, we didn't account for this. No, we thought it was going to be freaking rosy the whole time. But you how know? is that real, though? Like, I live through that's why I bought all my properties. Like, when the world is eating shit, well, I it's buy, real I because, stuff for pennies. Because you have, uh, you know, an income, but. But how do you believe it goes on forever? Like, isn't there something oh, inside your body where, like, I'm sitting here watching this, and I don't know shit about, yeah. like, I had a buddy, and I've shared this on here a million times. He was the fitness director at Men's Health. He called me and goes, dude, this is going to be a, when the pandemic happened. He goes, a two-year prison sentence or a two-year training camp? I hung right. up the phone. I go to my wife. I go, BJ, I think this is going to go on for two fucking years. Yeah. I go, he's lost his <laughs> he's mind. He's an dude. idiot. He lost his mind. And sure as shit, he's correct. But the one thing, and I didn't know, I didn't think it was going to go on that long, obviously. But the None of us did. But the economics of it, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. And I'm just mm -hmm. a fitness guy, but I go, this doesn't make sense what is going on when home prices are going up, the interest rates are so low, and all these things are happening. I go to my wife, I go, Heather, this can't go on forever. I don't know anything, but the one thing I do know is this train cannot keep going this way forever. Yeah. Well, does it make sense that where did we get all this money to give people during COVID, right? Like, where did this magic money come from? for the PPP loans and and how do we if we did give all that money away for the PPP loans then how the hell did Pfizer make so much damn money when all of us got this vaccine for free right and it's like wait a minute something's not adding up here no. right so and it's like that's the problem is that people think okay well if I said to you look um, you know you have this gym you've got a, a hundred members right now and if you borrowed, let's say, $1,000 from me, then you can put in a new piece of equipment and you can have 110 members. And to you, that may be like, oh, okay, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Well, you know, does that necessarily scale to like if you borrowed $100,000? Not necessarily, but in technology, that's the assumption, right? Is that it's it just scales with that number. And so for tech companies that are just saying, okay, well, look, you can borrow $100,000, but you could also borrow a million and it's still 0% interest or like 0.05, like the interest is really low. So why wouldn't you borrow as much as you it possibly can. can, right? And that's where this becomes faulty is that at some point, the math doesn't just continue to, to you know, multiply but the assumption is that it will. And so, you know, I can't I can't begrudge people for being like, okay, you know, these are really good terms. I'm going to go and, you know, buy five houses. But if you you don't necessarily understand the risk you're taking if you're doing that. And if you do and you're, you know, you're padded and you're just like the people who who do great in this scenario is like, I mean, people always, you know, rag on Trump that you know he's always using these tax loopholes and and whatnot but the reality is is that's how the majority of people that have made their money have made their money it's by leveraging 
you know, and it working out for them. But a lot of people over leverage and it doesn't work out for them. And that's essentially what the rest of us are doing, because what's happening is that these major banks are making money moves and we don't know when they're making money moves, but they do. Um, and their major money moves are not like, oh, let's buy, you know, $50 of Ethereum. Um, they're like, let's buy $50 billion of Ethereum. And then when they do and they hold it for, you know, a predefined amount of time, like nine months, when they exit the market and sell all that Ethereum, all the people who thought, oh, Bank of America is buying Ethereum, it must be legit. Let me go buy some Ethereum, right? Their ass out. Guess basically. what? Yeah, yeah, because so this is what happens with our economy is that you have these major movers and you don't. This is one of the reasons why I'm not a huge fan of Bitcoin, like I said earlier, is because you have these major movers, but we don't know who they are. They're whales, right? They're moving money in big amounts, but we don't know who they are and we don't know why they're doing it. So, yeah. I, I don't want to buy into a system where I have that little control. And so you guys don't want to have like, hey, all these VC people investing in all your shit. So you're responsible for all of that and to speed it up, I guess, and make it something that it's not supposed to be. That's exactly right. I mean, that's what happens in technology where you have some sort of what they call traction, right? Traction means that you're growing and it, it keeps getting more and more, you know, inclusive and bringing in more people and ideally the the hope is to be a um you know to to be a these days we use the word differently but a viral technology yeah. right yeah um you want to grow virally but the the reality is is that that happens because generally some venture capitalists will will come in and say yeah you know I'll take whatever 15 20% of your business and I'll inject this massive amount of money so that instead of running five ads a day, you can run, you can run 500,000 ads a day. And that'll make your user growth rate goes through the moon, right? And it's like, oh, great. That's what we want, right? But now you're beholden to that venture capitalist. They own 20 or something percent of your business. And who benefits from them owning that much of your business? Like for us, it's definitely not our community. No. Right? It's definitely not the people who are using the app. They get zero benefit from that big of an entity coming in with that specific of a, um, you know, of, of an end goal of being able to, to turn this into a money printing machine that they can then exit by setting an IPO. And as you said, that whole fucking thing's imaginary too. The stock market. I mean, it's like this is just the government's way of saying that ordinary people should put their money in it because we need to know how much money you have. Well, it's crazy too, because like before, like you used to have to be profitable, like before you'd be public, and now it's like the reverse. Companies would just go public, and it's like, well, fuck it. If we make profits, we like we make profits. It's kind of all propped up on. Well, it's nonsense. not. It's not just that. I mean, it's like number one, you don't have to be profitable. Number two, you don't no. even have to have a monetization plan in place. Um, number three is that the the value of your company can be significantly less, like one fifth or one tenth of when you went public. 
So basically, you have all these bankers, all these underwriters that are saying, this is worth a billion dollars. Um, you know, we're going to come to market in IPO at a billion dollars, you know, billion dollars of um, total value uh, market cap. And then it's like, what is that based on? Oh, nothing. It's based on hype. Okay. Well, who's holding the bag at the end of, you know, that transaction? So, um, yeah, the whole thing's a scam. And on top of that, it's like, oh, you made some money there. How much money did you make? Oh, I made a hundred grand. Oh, that was an awesome trade. 25% of that goes to the government, right? And then you have, um, you know, capital gains. And it's like, wait a minute, why am I playing this game? Right? So this is why I don't, I don't, you know, I, I'm with you. I mean, the whole, the whole thing is, is uh, it's, it's, it's imaginary. Yeah. We're, well, we've all agreed by a certain set of rules and we all kind of play by them. Like, you know, like you can't be like super extreme. Like I'm not gonna, I'm gonna live in the woods and just like eat you know, sure. deer. It would be great. But sure. it's uh when you, the more, you, I wish I didn't know as much. Like that's what it comes down to. I'm like, I wish I just knew less. It would probably sometimes be easier if I was a little bit dumber with some of these things. Ignorance you, is bliss. Uh, at times. Yeah. <laughs> but I could see like why you guys don't do it for your app to get this huge push the way that it is. Cause that way you can keep it more, I'm not saying grassroots cause eventually the goal is that it will grow and it will get bigger, but at least like the origins of it are from, you know, the way that you want to do it. On and, your and people who understand it, right? Like we, we got to you through a user that understood it and not every user is going to understand it right away and it's going to take some people longer than other people to understand, you know, where we're going and why we're trying to do this. But, but eventually, that's, that's all apps, right? Like that, when I was like when I had Facebook, it was for college kids. Yeah, I was in college. Yeah, and you'd share a picture of you like shit face. Right. Yep. And then the athletes are like, "Hey, dude, the compliance people are like, you can't do this, you idiots. Like you're gonna yeah. get in trouble." Yeah. I don't know, but that's what Facebook was. And then Instagram was just pictures. Right. And I'm like, what am I going to share a picture on this thing for? And I'm like, well, I yeah. guess I'll just do it. And then here we go. And the reality is, is that as humans, we like to gravitate towards um, the same places where community exists for us, right? So it's like, if that's TikTok, then that's, I mean, the fastest growing demographic in TikTok right now is like 60 plus year old golfers because they're like learning a new swing or, you know, how to, how to exercise their you know, muscles a different way or whatever. It's like, okay, these tools are effective for these things, but we have to realize that there's an evolution here, right? And it's like, it's not always going to be Facebook. Our kids don't use Facebook. They're like, <laughs> what the hell? Facebook's for old people. So old. It's for old people, yeah. For old people, right? But it's like, okay, well, guess what? At some point, TikTok will be for old people. And um, as these things evolve, like you don't want to stick your head in the sand and be like, well, I don't, I'm not going to look at this Facebook thing or, or TikTok thing. I mean, if you're in marketing, if you're in sales, if you're in business development of any kind, you're an idiot. If you're not looking, you're not just an idiot. You're not doing your job. You know, that's like grounds for getting fired because you're, you're ignoring the ecosystem that you know, supports your business, but, um, that's always going to evolve. That's always going to, you know, targets always going to move. Yeah. And well, the more you hear about anything, it, the more it freaks you out because it's just new. And, but then 
I'm no different than anybody else. Takes I always, a while to adapt. I thought this, I never thought I would do a podcast, and here I go. It's the basically yeah. the biggest thing that we do, which is crazy. It's um, amazing. I'm gonna pee my pants here in a minute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is what happens in most episodes. Um, I think I asked everything. Did I forget anything to ask you guys? Um, no, I mean, I think that I'm going to um, link everything. We would love the community to just add stories. Go to tour record. It's all one word on, uh, that's how you add store. That's how you add the stories. That's how you can add stories. Mm-hmm. And you just like create an account. Nope. No, there's no account necessary. I mean, you, if you, um, if you create a, a MetaMask wallet, which is basically just a, a wallet, uh, it's a login mechanism for us, yeah. but but you don't have to do that. You can actually just create content and continue to feed it to the system without ever creating an account. But if you want to get value from that, like you want to actually earn some of our token for that, into it. then you have to connect it to your wallet through your MetaMask. And basically that's how you will you know Collect. get the value yeah. but but the reality is we want to make it as simple as possible for p- people to share so you don't want to log in no problem you just want to tell your story do it right i mean we you don't necessarily have to be walking around with the tour record to tell us your story you could just tell us your stories as long as you give us within that story a location an address an intersection a city yeah, so where like you want to share the story so when someone says it they're like hey i'm at camelback Mount. yeah it just you just know yeah. Like, yeah. I don't got to be like, I'm at, you know, no. well, if, you, if you're like, uh, I'm at like first and main, then that can be <clears throat> any city 10, within 000, the United yeah, States. places in the U.S. But yeah, we, we need the context of the location. And if you're just going to tell a story like, you know, like your favorite restaurant, like you, you would know the name. Yeah. Right. Like, do you have or, a favorite place? Uh, you're asking me, is yeah. this an interview question? Yeah. Um, so weird to hear an interview question. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say my favorite restaurant is, uh, Peter Luger's in, in New York. New York. Yeah. Uh, it's a steakhouse. So you just say that and it, it will know. Yeah. I'll say, well, yeah, well, there's two locations for Peter Luger. So we've got stories um, for both of us. Well, yeah, we do have stories for both, yeah. but yeah, no, if you have a favorite, you know, whatever it is, we can, we can find it. But if you're telling about like, okay, you know whatever a, a priest a rabbi and a mom walk into a bar like you're telling a joke or something that could that could you know apply to any bar <laughs> yeah and maybe that's fine but right? if you're like i'm at ernie's on scottsdale's and shade exactly. yeah. boom but you know what not everything is about like a place or an actual physical location it could be about town like i i was you know in paradise valley and i oh, okay i yeah. accidentally ran into charles barkley or in you know crashed my car into his car and um he was super nice and you know he just let me go right or like michael that, phelps and i were reaching for the same eggs at sprouts on right. scottsdale road like right. those okay, are yeah. stories yeah. that are interesting that that's cool i mean the reality is is that we want anything that's contextual so like the story of scottsdale is interesting everywhere in Scottsdale. Um, but other stories are much more interesting. Hyper-locally. Hyper-locally, like okay. on the actual corner. That makes sense. I'll try it. Yeah. I'll, I'll see how and I do. The other thing that we didn't really talk about that, um, it, it, there's a lot that we didn't talk about. I mean, to be honest with you, Irina and I could probably sit here for like four more hours. Yeah. But um, one of the things that we didn't really talk about it is how this impacts real estate and real estate I think is going to change significantly 
in the next couple of months because we were heavily over hyped and leveraged in our you don't say yeah <laughs> yeah i was a real estate broker for 13 years in chicago okay yeah um, i mean you've yeah. seen what's been going on yeah. in town here it's but people buying um like my house going up four or five times in the value of what i bought it for yeah that's not that I mean, is, that's not real yeah. well i mean there's only so many people that are gonna move from california and sell their you know five million I never, dollar I one bedroom <laughs> more dumb shit than i've seen in the last two years here it's insane it's it's gonna happen but look when 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 push comes to shove and the pandemic comes out and you're just like you know this california thing isn't what i hoped it would be or didn't quite pan out the right way um then you, what do you do you move to arizona right yeah. so um Obviously, that has to level out, but on top of that, there's also this continuous um, clearance of inventory, as I like to call it here in Scottsdale, um, also known as God's waiting room. Um, you know, people tend to, to die. To die. Yeah. And you have a certain amount of inventory that comes along with it. Many of those people never or don't really live here. They're maybe just snowbirds and so ultimately a lot of this inventory is going to hit the market and the demand isn't going to be there and it's going to kind of cause some problems but regardless of any of that we Irina was a realtor for many years she was a so the market's going to eat shit here even more I think it is yeah 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 I mean uh, I'm a know. fan Sorry, I'm, everybody. I'm no, a fan of that. no. I mean, it's it's um, again, just, it's I'm, opportunities. I'm right? sitting. I'm just, I'm yeah. just, I'm just waiting. Man. Sidelines, baby. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but the thing is, is that you know, it, when you then decide that you're going to go into the market and pick up a few homes, like how are you going to know which neighborhoods you're going to? You have to contact a realtor, up? obviously. But with an app like Listen Up, you're able to actually drive around communities and get that information just because you're driving around and you're interested in them. So we can go right into MLS real time. We can talk about, you know, not every neighborhood has historical significance. Not every neighborhood has retail, but they all have either the homes. You can find out about the architects. You can find out what's on the market. You can find out about the schools. You don't necessarily need the realtor to be taking you around as a tour guide, but that realtor can direct you and say, hey, I have recorded a lot of information in McCormick Ranch drive around, tell me what you're interested in. You'll hear my stories and my information. And on then Listen Up. On Listen Up. They can advertise on there and then contact them when they're actually interested in one of those properties. That's actually a really good idea. Uh-huh. I would do <laughs> so that. If I'll, I did real estate, I would do that. I would crush. Like, I would do that for sure. So if any of your listeners are in that market and they want to dominate a specific neighborhood, an area, you know, call us, find, let us know, and we'll help you truly dominate that area. So there's been a lot of uses. Once we've launched about three and a half weeks ago and a lot of people are coming to us, we have the technology, but the use cases and what people are coming to us with has been, has been amazing. We've had, you know, people where somebody's like, my mom is um, visually impaired and my dad and her would travel and my dad knows nothing. He knows shit, he has nothing. But this, she'll actually be able to get true stories about where she is and where they are and they'll both learn. Yeah. Yes. Not necessarily true, but stories. Not necessarily true, right. But, but stories. True. I mean, listen, tour guides don't always tell you everything factual. They tell you the fun stories, too, and that's or what Or we you just remember. make the story better. Exactly. Yeah. I'm all for making it better. Yeah. Um, immersive learning. I mean, educationally, this can be used for 
somebody, I have a friend who's got a son who's autistic and he learns differently and being able to physically be somewhere and actually absorb that information right then and there. In audio format. In audio format. It's huge. So, so many different, I mean. Like I could never read when I was a kid. I mean, obviously I know how to read, but my attention span is just not there. But when you're there, you're actually interested in learning about it. Some people are. Um, Over time, another way is we're trying to curate it. So if you're a family of four and your kids are listening on their ear pods to a beautiful, in Roosevelt Row, um, a gorgeous mural mural that somebody just painted they might be looking at the mural as children and counting the arms of the swarrow and looking you know doing a where's waldo while the parents are getting history or information about it they're finally able to go to dinner on that vacation or whatever and actually have a conversation about something that they both they all taught learned about like same place but different stories yeah for different users exactly so over time what impacted them the most i mean that's That's cool actually bringing back conversations bringing back going out there and just experiencing life and stop doom scrolling on your couch and sitting on your ass watching you know other people enjoy life and actually be out there and learn about it and not not to like totally cut away from that but the reality is is that there's all kinds of applications that we haven't even thought of so our personal trainers like well can i go to uh um like uh crusted butte or whatever you know hole in the rock and like i i like to run around that area and there's like a certain program that i do there yeah share the program right okay you're you know okay now you're gonna do lunges down this hill and then you're going to turn around backwards and walk backwards up the hill and then you're going to do x y and z now you know you're crossing a street so be careful but when you get to the other side we're going to start a you know 200 meter jog yeah right it's like why can't you do this via audio and i can have the music adjust the pace so it sets your um, you know, your pace for running based on the beats per minute of the music. Like there are all these things we can do that it just takes a little bit of ingenuity to say like, okay, how can we make this experience better? Because I know I'm an experienced person. Like I don't go to the gym um, because I hate to work out. The only reason I work out is because I pay somebody to make me work the account- out. The accountability. Yeah. Yep. And for me, it's not <coughs> just the accountability of like, oh, I'm paying this person and it's like money out of my pocket. It's more like I feel bad that I'm letting them down, right? And it's like I want to please people. I want to make people happy, you know? And it's like if I'm letting him down because I'm not doing the workout, like that's disappointing to me. So that's what gets my ass out of bed or, you know, gets me to the training. But everybody's different you know we're driven by different things and there's no reason we can't each think of better ways to get ourselves to you know excel in life or become better better at things there's a lot you guys yeah yeah. A lot more than you probably anticipated. Uh, yeah. You two, might have to break this down into four episodes. You're at two hours and 48 minutes. Wow. Uh, <laughs> this is not the longest we've done here. We do we're, we talk shit all the time. Um, <laughs> but I'll put all your guys' stuff in the show notes, and then the, the rest of it I'll, I'll break down to our list. That makes more sense. Um, but give me all the, all the links where these guys can find all of your stuff at. The best thing is go to joinlistenup.com. Or we are on Instagram on listenup underscore Irina, I-R-I-N-A. Yeah. We've got join listen up YouTube shorts. 
Yeah, I would say just joinlistenup.com join is the, uh, you can get to our community from there on Discord. Um, the link can, tree on there, yeah, the press tree has all of our socials. From but our we, uh, we really appreciate this opportunity to come in and chill on a Sunday and um, just talk about this stuff with you. As you can tell, we, we really enjoy it and and it's um it's awesome just to be able to shoot the shit like this. Yeah, no, it's definitely different. Um, I understand way more now than I did. And the applications, like mine, mine is always from the business standpoint of mm-hmm. like, what, how can I make money? Um, not in a negative way, but like, what can make it easier for people? Like, this is how this podcast started. Mm-hmm. It was like, we get the same question. Hey, Jeremy, what do you think about creatine? I'm like, dude, if I have to type this shit one yeah. more time. <laughs> I was it, actually going to ask you because I saw the creatine on a hydrate there. And I'm like, well, what do you think of this? Yeah, stuff? it's like it's super <clears throat> it's a super basic thing. And you could Google it and get a generic answer. But people are like, what do I do? How do right. I use it? What's my application? Because right. people follow my shit. Mm-hmm. And instead of typing the same thing, which we used to do, and then copy and paste a text, right. I'm like, let me just do a podcast on the whole thing and break down everything from start to finish. You can take what you want. You can leave the rest. And audio just tends to be easier. Yeah. It's faster. It's quicker. Yeah. Or it's whatever and that's how and then once i got through every question people would ask typically these turned into full episodes then i'm like i don't want to keep talking about how to get fucking abs you know for the yeah. <laughs> time even though those episodes do well it's like let me bring in other people to talk and do the same shit so i get the audio aspect of it because i do think it's yeah. the easiest and the relationship you can create with it and so not just like how does it make money but it does it can help people i can see the application for sure it's just getting people to get used to it but again we weren't used to facebook or instagram or when people like hey can you venmo me i'm like what the fuck is venmo (laughs) right you know what i mean like all these things were honestly the first time i ever heard of bitcoin some guy here asked if he could pay me oh yeah through bitcoin on uh cash app maybe yeah like way back and i'm like sure dude it was like 10 bucks i'm like yeah "Yeah, i don't know what the fuck it is but (laughs) yeah that's like point zero 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 one bitcoin or something yeah i mean back (laughs) in the day it was probably you know but that's how i first learned about it but i'm like what's the cash app right i had never heard of it and then now you use it on a daily basis here we are so that's why we we kind of just explain that it's the museum experience in the real world right now you want to learn about where you are download the app let it but I'll, talk yeah. to you about what's around you. But ultimately, as I think you've realized that it's not just about any one aspect. Like you may know the, the you know, the physiology or the uh, health elements or working out better than, you know, me or other people. Um, but you can't like if you're just about working out all the time, you're not going to live a happy existence. You're you have to engage yourself in community. We need people. We need conversation. We need all these things to, you know, to to keep us operating as humans and being happy. And um, that's why I think it's it's great that like all these things can be brought together, whether it's I want to learn about creatine or I want to learn about history or whatever. But, um, you know, giving people platforms is ultimately what we want to do. No, it seems super cool. I'm going to try it and see how uh, much I suck at it. And I'll... No, it, it, and that's the thing. It's, it's... See, I want to be good. No, but here's the thing. No we want, we want... See, you guys are confused. Everything's a competition. Yeah. And I have to win. I don't know what I don't know what house you grew up in. We would love for you to be the biggest contributor and see yeah. that's now, gonna happen now we're getting some yeah no but the thing is also that you have to understand that to some degree things have to suck before they can get better and that's kind of like that's, fit, that's fitness 
we're we're trying to like it's a real balance because if we just do all the work and make everything great using artificial intelligence people are just going to be like oh okay well i don't have to participate i don't have to tell my story and that totally defeats the purpose right we're trying to extract stories so um you know we want people to to be like you know this sucks but we want them to be like yeah this sucks let me make it better not yeah this sucks i'm not going to use this again 100%. 100%. We want generational stories, too. I mean, if you've got a grandparent, great-grandparent, sit down with them. You push the button on the Tour Record app, get their stories, figure out yeah. location, and then send it to us. Otherwise, they die, and the story Those stories dies with disappear. them. Those would be the best, actually. Those, so we're trying to create volunteer opportunities as well for local Scottsdale students to Lots be able to go on. to senior citizen homes and just I get got, the stories. We've I got think, so much. I think i got a dude I can connect you with that'll listen to those, too. That would be good for that, now that I think about it. Oh, let me write it down so I forget. Um, okay, and so well, the app. make sure he listens to this episode. Oh, I'll make uh, sure. Who has time to listen? Three hours. No. <laughs> They'll dude. be running, hiking Camelback, and listening uh, to this. We got some, yes. di- we got some diehards, There bro. you go. They listen to everything. Um, awesome. Again, the app is free. The yes. app is free, and it's transcribed into 25 languages. And on the Apple App Store. Yes. Yep. Boom. And say it one more time. It's a Listen Up app. Joinlistenup.com, and oh. you can get all our information on there. So you can, or just go to the App Store and go to Listen Listen up. It'll Listen be in the dash sh- up. It'll be in the show notes for you guys who are getting Perfect. confused. Um, thank you guys. This is legit. Um, everybody listening, if you guys are on Apple, drop it a five star. Leave a comment. I'd appreciate it if you're on Spotify. Drop it a five stars. Well, there. Don't be a lazy ass. Again, if you guys want a free sample of Athletic Greens or the Beam CBD, all of it's in the show notes. We'll mail it right to your front door, 100% for free. And again, the Jeremy Scott Fitness app is live as well. If you guys want to pick up the Bodybuilding Basics program, we're launching it February the 13th. Otherwise, try it for a week for free. See if you like it, and we'll go from there. Again, you guys are awesome. Um, I appreciate it. Yes, thank you guys. Um, And until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.